Brad and Jeff shouldn't have a podcast. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe. Welcome to Brad and Jeff shouldn't have a podcast. I'm Brad Pahigian. And I'm Jeff Andres. Absurd, moronic, and downright ridiculous. It's brought to you by Kinfolks Award-Winning Barbecue. A taste from the deep down south. They're smoking up your favorites like pulled pork, beef brisket, chicken, and ribs. They also offer delicious Granny's Fried Chicken. Online ordering is now available for the Taunton location at kinfolksbbqma.com. And online ordering for Easton is now available at eatkinfolks.com. All right, Jeff, we begin with an utterly ridiculous story that I still can't seem to wrap my head around. A man wearing mouse ears roamed Andrews Air Force Base for more than five hours, boarded a government aircraft after slipping past a distracted guard and then through a broken security gate. This is utterly insane to me. Uh, This gentleman's name has not been released, and the report is heavily redacted, as you can imagine. Uh, But essentially, this guy, like, so, (laughs) Jeff, he didn't actually, like, break in here or anything. He went up to the gate, presented something. It doesn't say that he, like, forged credentials, but basically it said that the, the gate guard or whatever was distracted and didn't realize that this guy was not supposed to be there. He then, you know, roamed around. He went to the uh, food court, went to a VIP lounge, and then boarded a C-40 military aircraft, which uh, is a the military version of a a Boeing 737, and was there for over five hours before anybody realized, hey, the guy with the, like, red Mickey Mouse hat or whatever with ears on it probably shouldn't be here and so i guess the part where about the gate that that the gate was i guess towards where the planes were kept so that did not close properly they they did end up arresting him and quite frankly i don't know why this guy did not like it from everything i've read here he didn't falsely represent himself didn't refuse to leave uh it in the reasoning the air force gave they just wanted to see some planes what did you make of this uh, national security incident? Well, this is absolutely fantastic. You know, when you think like, for the most part, this country spends so much money on their military budget, you think like, oh, nothing can happen here. I mean, of course, there's been the occasional thing, but like, you know, this dude just walks on, just, just, it seems from the report, just very casually, like you go to the food court, like he like got lunch while he was there. Like he was on a, like a goddamn tour. Like he's at NASA, like a field trip. Yeah, like he's at NASA. He's got he's going to lunchtime. <laughs> like, like what are we talking about here? And then the fact that they arrest him, like, wouldn't you want to keep this quiet? Like, seriously, I w- I would like, have hey, said a goddamn don't, word. Don't talk about this, or we're gonna like we're gonna send you to some. We're gonna send you to Guantanamo Bay. We're gonna make you a ghost prisoner, and you'll never be heard. It's of like, if again. you shut up, we'll cut you loose, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, we'll actually pay you. We'll pay you to not talk, and if you do, we're gonna send you some gulag, like. But no, they arrest him, have to make this report. And then was that the lieutenant or someone there? Said, lieutenant, oh, yeah, there General, some... lieutenant General was yeah, the, the spokesperson, I think, in this case. 
his quote was like, oh, yeah, there was some human error involved. No shit, dude. This dude just walked on to <laughs> a military base for five hours. Also, Jeff, you, Captain for, Obvious. for anybody that's not aware, Andrews Air Force Base is where Air Force One is kept. And this is the day before the president was there. <laughs> Which makes this even more ridiculous that there are so many like it's in, and then the fact that he got on the plane that was so there was it was a C40 that I guess they were doing some sort of exercise. So the the door was open and the steps were still hooked up to it just walks on. Can you can you imagine if this guy had a pilot's like, like a pilot's license? And just took off with like a set. This so for all intents and purposes, this is a Boeing seven thirty seven. Imagine if the guy just took it off. So they use this, I guess, for VIPs, you know, generals, people like that. It, you know, it, it's essentially you know a smaller version of Air Force One of sorts. But can you imagine if he took it? That be so bad. And they, you know what? Because they were using it for exercise, I bet they wouldn't even know it was missing right away. No. <laughs> Unless, They'd have to shoot that thing down too. Oh my god! Can you imagine that? Uh, that, oh, they'd just find Mickey Mouse ears in the rubble. They would have had. They would have had to lie to us at that point and just make up some terror threat, right? They would have had to. They just. I mean, like, they could have. They didn't know. I mean, some guy yelled at you know Alu Akbar and, and and overpowered someone to get onto the plane. It's like there's no yeah. way you'd be like, yeah, there's a guy. He may be on the spectrum. He <laughs> took took a commercial aircraft from us. Like, I, there's nothing. Like, you have to. You can't say that. No, you didn't say like Boko Haram stole a plane and we shot it down. Holy crap. This, this is disturbing. And, you know, I, again, like a lot of it was redacted, like including his name and stuff, but I'm shocked that, by the way, he, had a, he was carrying a backpack around too. Like, another. so you could I, like, I don't know what, the, <laughs> it just makes me think like how many, like, you know, some, like, obviously there's always like terrorist cells, you know, all over the world. Like how many of them have checked this place out and been like, oh yeah, this place is super vulnerable. Like, not to mention we've had issues with, you know, soldiers that have had, you know, suffered from mental illness that have shot up bases and yeah. not to mention that Saudi national that, that had, that shot up the one in Florida. Was it a year ago? A year ago. That, that just happened. Who knows? Maybe this guy is part of something. Maybe they were just trying to see like how loose it was. And they're just like, he just where? like played it out. They, or they asked, they just paid him to try it out. And like, he, he truly isn't connected, but like, maybe they just used him. No, it sounds I, like there's some, yeah. the guy's off. Like, but you think we're Mickey read, Mouse here, and anyway. he just said he wanted to see planes, <laughs> like, and he and the way he did it, like, like you and I, right? We wouldn't even think like they're not gonna let it. like you pull up to the gate, like mm. <laughs> they're not gonna let us in. I'm gonna try it around here, and then to the in somewhere, and then to the airstrip or where you know, where, like, God, imagine no, if this is another country, they would have shot him dead right there. Oh yeah, and they would we would have never heard about this. Or they would have said they killed an intruder to make, you know, for like yeah, this you know, place na- nationalistic shows, hey, purposes. Right? Hey, we're super vulnerable. You can just walk on our base. So we're going to tell you that. And not to like, so not only is it again, like I want to stress the point, like, not only is this just an Air Force base and not only, you know, is it just, you know, used by the president for Air Force, but there's other senior military members, government leaders, members of Congress that are frequently using Andrews for this purpose he he got into like he was like someone did see him at the like the, so they have a vip lounge that he uh, looks like tried to get into after his lunch or wherever in the cafeteria but like somebody's like hey do you need help and he, I think he was like no i'm good and then and then proceeded to board the aircraft i think after that and the fact this happened for over five hours 
from what we understand here is just unbelievable. I, I've I continue to read this and like it's completely baffling to me that this was able to take place. Yeah, some people definitely got fired for this. I'm just I'm just can't imagine like I can tell you if that if I saw someone walking around with Mickey Mouse ears at like where I work or like out about, I'd be like in hey, civilian clothing as well. In civilian clothing, like you know, <laughs> someone I don't recognize wearing Mickey Mouse ears, let's say where I work, where we work. Sure. I'd, would definitely at least bring it up to like, hey, like one of my friends, like, hey, hey, Brad, look at that guy wearing Mickey Mouse ears. You ever seen that guy before? Like, none of that was happening for five hours. Like, oh yeah, we're in street clothes and they're in like they're. We said it before to each other. Like, somebody shows up to work with pink hair. Like, hey, look, you see the person with pink hair today? Not, yeah, hey, did you, you see the lunatic and the Mickey ears walking around the tarmac? Yeah, they're <laughs> just stopping to get a quick snack. Like, there's where where are the people watching cameras? There's just no cameras there. You and can just again, walk like, around. so. I, I don't obviously I'm not in the military and was not in the military, but like just I have a rudimentary understanding of like how you enter a base as well. And the fact that like you're presenting credentials, or at the very least, if you are a, an approved guest, they're taking your driver's license from you or your, you know, your identification. And then like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm here to see uh the lieutenant general. And they're like, oh yeah, come on in. Yeah. Like, I just like what check like what checking with and they said he was distracted. So what what was he doing that by the way, the guy that like guards the gate, what was he doing that was more important than checking the credentials of people trying to get into the Air Force base? Just scrolling on Facebook or something. He, like he's just or he's swiping right. Swiping you know, right. He's, like, like, he's playing Among Us on his phone, seeing who's sus or not, even though he can't see the guy who's sus in front of him. Holy crap. And then the I, I think the worst part about this, well, there's many worst parts, but that picture they show of the gate, like that looks like a gate like that they have at Six Flags before they open. And they open that gate up and you get to go in the parking lot of Six Flags. Like they do, yeah, the photo, so they do show now. I don't know specifically <laughs> this. So they do show the Virginia entrance at Andrews Air Force Base. I don't know if this is the same entrance. It it is weird though, because I can tell you from other entrances I've seen, usually they have like the rate the this just has like a toll boot type gate. Like a yeah, the, usually like the ones that legit. have the, the ramp that comes up so you physically can't, or you know, if you go in reverse, the spikes got like it does look it looks very basic, uh, just by a photo. But again, I don't know the specifics. The fact that this was able to happen though truly is baffling. I hope I imagine that some of this is gonna leak eventually, like who the guy is. Like, I can't wait to see like his social media presence and anything that we could find out about this guy, because I guarantee you it's going to make this story even better. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be a hero, but uh, I guess the final thing is, you know, Hey, stop taking taxes out of my goddamn paycheck. If you can't, if you can't hire people or get a gate or, you know, spot someone with Mickey Mouse ears, I want my money back. Seriously. They don't fix the roads. I don't know where the money's going to. <laughs> Not going to gates. No. Like that. All right. Let's go a little West Jeff to Texas where a man driving a dealership loaner car, he took that to rob a bank so that he could then return to the dealership to purchase a BMW. This is 50-year-old Eric Dion Warren. He had a loaner from the car dealership. He went down the street to the bank, passed a note, said, this is an effing robbery. Play with me and die. I want $10,000 in 50 and $100 bills. Now you got one minute or I will kill you. 
the teller was able to fill his fast food bag with some cash. She smartly gave him a bundle of 20s with recorded serial numbers. He got about $5,086, where he then drove back to the dealership in the process of buying a black BMW. The Somebody saw the, that he had dealer plates on the vehicle. About 15 minutes later, they called the dealership, who alerted the authorities that he was indeed there. The police showed up and found the traceable cash and a pellet gun. And he'll be going to prison for 20 years, Jeff. What did you think of uh, our friend here, Mr. Warren? Well, Mr. Warren's up for, I mean, I know it's early. There's plenty of time, but a uh, dummy of the year for sure. Um, especially you're 50 years old. You got a 20 year sentence. That's basically a life sentence, you know, if you make it out of there. But it's just like robbing a bank. It's like so like 1950, like nowadays, like so hard, man. For when I previously worked at a bank, like we had stacks of money in our till. That were just for that purpose. Exactly. So it looks like we're reaching for it. But I like, feel like everybody knows this. We never least. touched it. It would just, it's, well, we took it out at the end of the day, but like we literally just, you never unbanded it. Like it's always just banded, ready to go. Like you just throw it, you know, throw, you know what I mean? If we ever got robbed. So it's like, how do you not know? Like, especially when you, uh, you got one minute and this guy just like, don't you think like money and like strapping it, like it takes like, you know, a couple minutes. So if someone gives you money too fast, don't you think, like, hey, why is this? so easy for him to just grab all this money like 10 grand worth of money this clearly just didn't like so anyways uh and then he goes to the dealership to get a, a car like what an idiot texas has a lot of a lot of ridiculous stories coming out uh these days i don't know if it's like i don't have to wear masks anymore so they're just going with cuckoo bananas but like <laughs> jesus this was 2019 actually right. but this oh, just was, this was just a adjudicated recently he actually did put guilty back in august of 20 and he was just sentenced this past the week from today so this past tuesday uh and obviously this is a a federal case as well you know anytime you you know rob a bank so the, the this press release is from the doj and specifically the northern district of texas u.s attorney's office it's just the fact that people still think they can rob back. Like he, like the, you know, he probably thought he's like, Oh, I got the perfect plan. I'm going to yeah. go in. I'm going to pass this note by the way. So just so we're clear, right. Not only did they, they got him Jeff with the, the serial, uh, the serial numbers on, you know, from the, the currency that he stole. They also got him with the pellet gun, which he also brought to the dealership. It was like 10 feet away from him. They also matched the handwriting and, on the note that he passed and his fingerprints and his DNA are also all of they, the guy like literally couldn't have botched this any better. I will just sign the note that you gave to the hand of the person. <laughs> They're social. It just like, Oh, also he was like, going to keep some of the money, Jeff too. I like this part. So uh, it says he entered the dealership's finance office and attempted to finalize the purchase of the BMW by giving the dealership $3,000 cash as down payment. So maybe take, maybe take the lady out. Or maybe going on a little vacation with that extra, you know, extra two thousand and eighty six dollars. Mexico ASAP. <laughs> it's just like he should have drove it right he, over the border from from Texas. <laughs> yeah, people like this is why like poor bank tellers like have to like practice these drills. Like I remember doing that 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 nonsense. It's like people like that. I literally had to wake up every morning, and we had to all of our employees had to be in different like, part, like outside of our bank and like 
the lobby somewhere else or Starbucks across the street. And we had to get a signal from our boss when it was clear of robbers. And then we all could converge, but we only had 30 seconds to get into the bank. It's like the reason that, that we're in 2021, we still do that is assholes like this. Well, this was in 2020, but it's um, God, it just for yeah, a beamer been too. Right. Yeah. Like you're clearly never going to be owning a BMW now, but we're getting like a, we're getting a C-class buddy. Like that's a Mercedes, Jeff. Oh, it's a Mercedes. The, the cheap, right. the cheap BMW is a three series. Three series. Yes. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Three series. Well, especially given the price. Yeah. So but like the only thing that probably would have could have made this better is if they die packed him and then he showed up to the dealership with like dye all over his Looking face. Like Smurf. I could just see him or Papa trying Smurf. to pass off the money that's covered in dye. <laughs> oh, sorry. My grandkid had art class and got right. it all over my money. Is that really worth ending your life? Essentially, like you're gonna come out at seventy, like basically with nothing, with fines and like. Especially like specific, like obviously this money. This was specifically premeditated for the car. Like he's 15 minutes later, he's at the dealership. Like right, you had to have that BMW that bad. What is the? I I just I've never had, never been anything in my life that I'm really to go to jail for the rest of my life for. Not especially not five grand for a down payment on a BMW. Like, if he was only going to use three thousand dollars of it anyway, like that, like just a simple guy, you know, he just needed three grand for that for that down payment. That would have been life changing. I was in con college the rest of your life. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a popular story around (laughs) at the uh, the old federal. Yeah, I get a lot of federal penitentiary. (laughs) I get a lot of cred from from the other inmates because he's a dummy. Unreal. Like the other thing too, you know, you get. I guarantee you, he thought that just like the lo- like local sheriff's office was going to be invest. Like, there's no way he probably thought the FBI it, it investigates bank robberies. No, he doesn't <laughs> seem very bright to think. Like, he probably thought this would be a local thing. He'd get like probation or something. I didn't mean the raw. I wasn't going to shoot. It's a pellet gun. Come on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a it's a pellet gun. It's fine. It's a pellet gun. I wasn't really. All right. Staying in the region, going a little north here to Oklahoma, a former youth pastor is blaming his blood sugar for calling kneeling high school girls basketball players the N-word. So this was caught on a hot mic during uh, Oklahoma. This is the 6A state tournament, girls basketball. This was being broadcast on what looks like a you know live stream network of some sort here. Um, and so this was caught on a hot mic and this is verbatim. It says F them. I hope they lose. Come on, Midwest city. They're going to kneel like that. Hell no. Effing N words. My God. And then he drops this bomb on everyone blaming his blood sugar and basically says, this is from the, his press release. I will state that I suffer type one diabetes and during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Uh, Jeff, I don't know. I'm not an expert on type one diabetes, but I'm not aware of a uh, Tourette's like uh, symptoms where you just yell slurs out. What did you make of this situation here? This guy, like, I, I really can't even put into words about this guy. Like, 
like that press is oh i say hurtful things my my blood spikes my blood sugar spikes like can't you just say i'm a racist like he said he he, he said a couple times in his press release like i'm not a racist and I'm, I'm not a racist i'm a family man like anybody that has to say i'm not a racist is usually a racist bingo it's just like and he like i, I don't know i i've read this thing probably like six times now and i just don't understand how you're blaming type one like does this happen to everyone? Is this some uh, something that I've never heard of before? Because you're the only case I've heard that has someone has diabetes at all, unless type one that you just blatantly hurt people. You're hurtful. Like you, what? Usually, the people I know that have type one when they're when their sugar spikes, they get insulin. Yeah, not no, not not racial racist. slurs. <laughs> uh, I will say originally I thought um, it was low blood sugar. But in his press releases, you know, his sugar was spiking. But I, I thought of like the, those Snickers commercials, you know, like oh. when you get, with like Betty White and some of Betty. those ones. Like, <laughs> you know, oh when you get it, God. when you're hungry, you get it like angry. Like, uh, and I love how he had to, you know, throw in the fact, the fact here. I'm a family man. I am married, have two children, and at one time was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member of a Baptist church. Oh, that's where you're really helping yourself out there yep, now. Here we go. <laughs> Oh my God. Like this guy's name is Matt Rowan, by the way. Uh, I can't imagine he'll be uh, working any more games. I know the school district said they won't, they won't be using this company anymore. I haven't seen a statement from the actual like company that he works for yet, but I, I cannot imagine that he will be uh, broadcasting anytime soon here. No, I mean, he shouldn't. I mean, this guy, like, it just his whole press release just seems so unsincere. He was it just like it just reads to me like yeah I said it, but it's not my fault. Like you should you should forgive me for this. Like my bad, kind of thing. Like oh this wasn't me talking. This was the diabetes. Like no dude, this was yeah, you, you. Caught on a hot mic. Like it, it sorry also dude, it. turn your mic off. I made inappropriate and racist comments, believing that the microphone was off. Yeah, no shit, Matt. Like. <laughs> You mean no you, one just blatantly racist like dur- during the national hide it. during the by the way during the national anthem so it's yeah. like you you were mad <laughs> it's so contradictory it's like okay you were mad at them for kneeling during the national by the way this is high school so like it all it's utterly ridiculous but you know you're criticizing them for kneeling during the national anthem while you're dropping racial slurs during the <laughs> national anthem and, and then oh god it's just like yeah, it's high school, man. Relax. Like you're making like what, like They're fifty kids. bucks for this? Like, shut They're up, children. Yeah, let them like let them like they have every right to kneel. Like I'm not even getting the whole kneeling thing. No, I think they have right to like, kneel. It's, 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 it's your just thing like, to do. You're so like, offended by them kneeling, yet you're gonna you're gonna say effing n word at, at them. Yeah, I mean, I hate people. Gee, that, the like, anti kneelers, like I'm just like, dude, it's called freedom of speech, idiots. Like, anyways, so you shouldn't be, but like, just turn your mic off. Like, if you're going to be like, and first of all, I would love to hear, because I'm, I'm assuming in all of this time, this isn't the first time his blood sugar has spiked. I like to hear that the person, I can't remember the guy's name, he mentioned in this that said like, oh, he oh, had nothing to do with it. Darren, Scott Sepulpa? Scott. Yeah. That's like, the broadcast partner. I'd like to hear if Scott ever heard him say anything racial before this time. Because of <laughs> yeah. a blood sugar spike. Yeah. Or is this just a I'm one-off? Sure it's, the, I'm sure it's the only time. Yeah, but he gets hurtful. Did you not read his press his saw his press release? He was so sad. I'm, I get hurtful and say things that I don't mean. Like 
stupid. You have you have Tourette's maybe? Like is that like a that would have like, been I feel like that would have been a much better excuse. Although at that point I think like obviously people would have disproved that because anybody that you know I think people people that know you would know if you had such a condition. Yeah. Like, just we're like, really can you imagine like when he was coming up with this? He's like sitting there with you know maybe some of his clan buddies and they're like, <laughs> all right boys uh how are we gonna get out of this one? Not sure you know uh, sounds know, like diabetes diabetes <laughs> what would like, wilford brimley do like, right like what <laughs> good god oklahoma yeah, yeah. and i i don't have the specifics but I, as i mentioned when i was researching this story jeff i actually saw like a very similar story that happened just recently also in oklahoma you know something of the the same nature where oh you know what it was it was this this other story was the announcer in in the in the gym that was making fun of the names of, of the mostly minority away team in oh, this like old no. decrepit crypt keeper that's been you know doing the games forever was like mocking the names of the of the opposing team it was and that just happened too in Oklahoma girls basketball I, like what why they blame these, diabetes on that one too who is letting these people near children like what it just like can we just have like a a purge or something in Oklahoma with these people? They need to. So did that guy blame diabetes as well? Like one? No, I think he was just old. I think they just basically said like so he got the old. It just like I just love like like these racists that think they can just hide in the shadows. Like I love seeing them get called out for just being oh, it's fantastic. morons. And like yes, this dude deserves to get hate for the rest of his life. Just just constantly reminded of how stupid you are. Absolutely. And, like, what a clown. Yep. Both of them, I, I guess. But. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> On to national sports. Jeff, who's the sponsor? So the sponsor for this segment is Jalen's Cafe. Jalen's is located in the Prime Service Station at 414 West Grove Street in Middleborough. Uh, Jalen's offers a selection of homemade specials served daily from pizzas, subs, Jamaican beef patties, and much more. Uh, you can find their daily specials on their Facebook page, uh, Jalen's Cafe. Uh, go and give them a try. Uh, their phone number is 774-213-5153. All right. So our uh, NCAA tournament field is set, and we have our top seeds. It is Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. This has been a very strange year. Uh, obviously, we didn't have a tournament last year. And Overall, I think it's, it's been a pretty challenging year. I'm surprised, quite frankly, they got this far. They did have some hiccups in many of the conference championship tournaments where, you know, teams basically forfeit, had to forfeit because of, you know, COVID scares and things like that. So, you know, we're left with, a, you know, a little bit of an unusual field, maybe, you know, not some of the typical perennial powerhouses that you're used to seeing. I, I believe this is the first year since like 1976 that Kentucky and Duke will not be participating. And in, in this case too, uh, Gonzaga is the first team to go wire to wire as the AP's number one um, since Kentucky did it in 2014, I believe. So some interesting things all around, you know what, Jeff, like I haven't, I usually enjoy college basketball, especially later in the year, you know, as we get closer to the tournament, I just, I haven't been feeling it like I have, you know, in past years here, it just feels a little bit different. And I have a feeling that maybe the, you know, the ratings may not be, you know, what they are used to. 
What do you think about all this? So, I mean, I am, like you said, very surprised they actually made it this far um, just because they got all those college kids to look just, I mean, obviously, you know, they're probably doing their own thing, but the fact that there wasn't many cases, I mean, I know there's more cancellations towards the end of the year, like the ACC tournament and stuff like that, but for the most part, it went off pretty well, I'd say. I mean, better than I thought it would. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I don't know if it's just because maybe like teams like Kentucky and Duke aren't in it. I'm just not really feeling like the butt, like it kind of feels, I think because when it came tournament time, like for the conference and stuff, like there was cancellations for a couple of them. It kind of just loses that pizzazz. Not that Duke was any good, neither was Kentucky or anything, but like, I don't know. It just feels like kind of fake. And then there's no Ivy League this year, even though like Princeton's not taking it home, but like, you know, it just like the teams you're used to seeing aren't there because of, you know, Ivy League was canceled the entire year and stuff like that. So, this doesn't feel right. Then we have we have a team like uh, Rick Pitino's Iona team who played 13 regular season games because of COVID concerns. They had sidelined the team for weeks. They squeaked in as a number 15 seed. Yeah. And so like we talked about this too, like uh, you know about who was deserving when we talked about you know the college football playoff because of you know especially Ohio State situation how they had only played what five games prior to their conference championship game yep. and so this is similar you know but at the same time like there were so many teams like just falling out here and what's going to be weird about this especially I think is the gambling implications and in this case you're basically if you're if you if your team is impacted you're you're done like that's it like you're for, you're done for the year like going into this tournament. So like, you know, you could be down in the, I don't know, sweet 16 guy pops for COVID and was around a bunch of the team that your team's done for the year. Like, especially this could even happen down to even the final four. I'm sure if it was the net, you know, once we get to the national championship game, I'm sure they, they would consider postponing that, but at the very least you could get down to the final four, definitely the elite eight to a point where a team may have to, essentially forfeit because they can't play due to COVID, you know, protocol, which I think would be unfortunate, but that's the reality of it. Right. And that's what we talked about this back in the day. Uh, that's why probably episode two, three or four, we were talking about how they're all going to be in the same place that the whole tournament. And I said, why, why are they not like t- using other facilities spreading? Cause you're going to have all these kids in a small area, plus all the training staff coaches. Like there's going to be, there's never been a time in this year where this many teams have been this close to each other in same proximity. And you're, you were having COVID cases all year with teams. So now you think 64 teams together is a good idea. Like there's going to be teams that go out and then, and then it goes to the fact of like, maybe like you said, like, is there a little favoritism? Like if, if maybe if a Gonzaga goes down with COVID, do they, do they wait? Like if, if one's playing, you know, they're number so, so- one, first round you think they're gonna let make gonzaga bow out probably not the way it's written and so by the way today is the deadline to replace teams so basically the ncaa said if any team is forced to withdraw by tuesday one of the ncaa's four replacement teams which were louisville colorado state st louis and mississippi would be used as a substitute after today which is tuesday while we're recording teams that have to withdraw will not be replaced. And then the opponent advance advances. So we're going to find out. I mean, there's no, there's no out really for the NCAA, right? Unless like you could somehow prove that 
there was something malicious by an outside party, you know, like purposely trying to, but you, by the way, though, you know, we've talked about how much the billions of dollars in gambling revenue, can you imagine how in theory easy it would be, right? If you were a nefarious person to get into a hotel or, you know, a training facility and like purposely compromise somebody to the fact where that's all it took, that they were around somebody and then the team is out. You might like, the, especially in a case where now, again, I, I don't, I have a feeling that sports books are going to have to be very careful and are going to have a lot of, if, if this, if someone advances via a COVID protocol, that the bets are being canceled because I feel like it's way too easy to be having, you know, people conducting themselves in peculiar ways. There's going to yeah, be I mean, one, there has to be one, right. Of these teams, like there's going to be some, one team, at least one team is going to have to bow out in the other team. Oh, it's just, it's even like, even like anomalous things. Like, I don't know, all these kids being together, just hanging out, sneaking out of their rooms. Like, sure. I don't know, grab, you know, being in Indy, grabbing a little lady, lady of the night for a little bit or going, going drinking somewhere. Like, sure. You know, I don't think some of these like top flight, like high draft pick players that are still in the, like, I don't think their coach is going to tell them no. No, you got to stay in your room. If this dude's like, I mean, they're going to try, but at the end of the day, like, you know, they used to do the whole, you know, tape trick, you know, where they yeah. can tell if you left your room or not. But who knows, especially what level you're on. These kids are creative, <laughs> you know, I don't, they're not dumb. If they want to go, just like go the best, pl- the best player on your team. If he, if he breaks curfew, are you going to be like, nah, you're sitting. There's no coach in, the, in, in college that's going to be like, nah, you're not playing. No, it's like Trevor but- Lawrence skipping out for the championship game. That could be, like, hey, Lawrence, you're benched. Like, no. No, and in, 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 you know? in theory too, right? Like you're not going to pop either right away for if you do get, um, you know, exposed to the virus. You're, you know, you're looking at at least a you know three day incubation period. So you'll play that right. game, and then probably won't be able to. You know, then you'll ruin it for your team if you do win that game for the week after. Yeah. And we're already so we're already seeing a problem. So six NCAA men's basketball tournament referees have already been sent home after one tested positive. And, you know, the story I heard is that they had showed up, they had shown up to the hotel and their room wasn't ready. So they went to lunch together. <laughs> I don't understand how going to lunch, they got COVID though. I feel like that guy already had what? it. Right. But they, that exactly. They, so oh, one, he tested saying- positive. The other five were a close contact. That's oh, okay, okay. all six. Home. It made it seem like, oh, he got it from going. No, but it's such a sad circumstance that that, like, that's what caused it. You know, all right. Like, yeah. And I, I applaud the NCAA though for, you know, staying on top of it. But we already lost six referees, and the thing that doesn't even start yet, you know, hasn't started. Yeah, who's yet. gonna ref? It's gonna be a bunch of like middle school 60. referees at this point. They have sixty, and I don't know. I don't know specifically like if there are extras, per you know, built into that. You know, That's another problem. Or Why if they're 60? all. Ideally, you would have guys that aren't. That you would to me, right? You would ideally have some of the guys that aren't working, so they're not around anyone. Like I would literally pay referees to sit in a hotel room all day, not even to go out. You know, like pay them, pay them double or whatever to just sit in a hotel room and not go out anywhere. Just deliver them their meals. You know, like. But sixty seems like a lot, which I guess is good. But I don't honestly, I don't know if there's. It's probably more than usual, but I don't know how many extra. So. Just seems like more people are adding to like the quote unquote like little basketball bubble. It just seems worse. You got enough players, coaches, staff, like I mean, sixty is, referees. 
Jeez. It's better than like not playing, I suppose. But I just yeah. I hope everybody is like prepared that the fact that we're going to have, you know, forfeitures for in teams advancing that probably don't deserve to advance. Yeah, I'd stay away from the betting, the betting world on this. For all uh, you oh yeah, gamblers it, out there. Especially imagine, imagine if you had like a parlay, and like the last leg was a game like something that you it wasn't like a high paying, but you had it part of your parlay because you know just to add an extra game. Yeah, and then like the the other team just like and that just threw off your entire like see it like, i don't know like an eight or ten ten leg parlay and that was the last one and so the it got canceled and threw off your whole like that would drive me insane but i mean those forget. are the risks that you know you're getting into right <laughs> yeah we'll have to ask our resident gambler brendan what he thinks about uh yeah we can ask this. uh brendan pahigian what the uh gambling implications will be uh because that's big too. Maybe they're saying if you if you put money down, like that's they're on de- you. Buyer so beware. I don't think I don't think it's going to count as like a win or loss from a game. I have a feeling the bets would be canceled. Like just like the guy that remember the streaker that ran on to the field during the Super True. Bowl and he allegedly bet on himself, and then ultimately they got wind of that. They canceled all all the bets for that True. prop. So I assume this would be a similar circumstance where the bets are canceled. So you get your your original bet back nobody wins or loses essentially that would be my guess because again there's way too many people especially you're talking about mob or other insane individuals that would literally try and you know hijack the whole thing yeah just to make some money so we'll see but uh be prepared everyone that's all yep be prepared uh new orleans drew Brees has retired after 20 seasons we knew this was coming especially after he was kind enough to restructure his contract to basically the league minimum to give them some flexibility because they were in dire straits from a salary cap perspective. So obviously a first ballot hall of famer. He has many of the NFL's passing records that since Brady is still playing could ultimately pass, but some of these are very, you know, pretty impressive, you know, career passing yards, um, He's first in that. He, I think second in all-time touchdowns and completion percentage. Just a hell of a career and certainly a pretty f- interesting story, you know, where the Chargers basically thought he was toast, you know, after that shoulder injury, you know, many, many years ago now. And he certainly showed them, you know, playing to 42 years old and just one of the best passers the league has ever seen. So, I certainly wish him the best. And I always, enjoy, I always like rooting for Drew Brees. Pretty easy guy, you know, I would say to, to root for. What did you make of his career and anything you had to say about the Saints going forward either? So, he, I mean, he had a great career. I mean, you knew it was over. Like, he could throw a little bit better than Cam Newton, but, like, that's not saying much. But, like, you know, his arm was toast. He, he, he's taking you know, a beat. And, like, that shoulder wasn't good in, in San it Diego. It was gross, dude. That it was a three hundred and six. So his labrum was the whole thing was dangling. Yeah, three hundred and sixty degree labrum yeah. tear. And they took I mean, twelve anchors to repair. Yeah, it was jacked up. I mean, just how the career he did. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in my lifetime. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer in my, in my eyes, uh, just for the records and everything. Um, you see all the videos of him, like, you know, the Pro Bowl videos with his kids and like, you know, talking to like young players on other teams like, hey, you're, you did really good this year. Just like, you know, all around, like just kind of ambassador of the game. Um, 
So yeah, it was good. And then you saw like the the retirement video with this kid saying like, "Daddy's finally retiring." They were all cheering. Like that was good mm-hmm. to see because you know like how it, he's a good. He's guy. always had his kids the around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I will I'm gonna miss you. those videos though. Those 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 Instagram videos. I don't know if you ever seen them. Yes. Like where his wife's like after the game, I just cleaned up and like. Drew Brees comes home. And they're like throwing Nerf footballs all over the place and like knocking <laughs> stuff over. Like I'm gonna miss those videos, but yeah, well deserved retirement. Well, and, semi-retirement. He already got another job, but correct. And we'll talk about that in a second here as well. Yeah. I, I want to know like when he does go in and you know you get to pick somebody to induct you. It, it should be Dr. James Andrews. And Dr. Andrews <laughs> said that this is the most re- remarkable re- recovery of any athlete he has ever treated, and like the it was. If you just read the details on that shoulder injury, like he's like, he even has like range of motion, let alone, you know, throwing for, you know, however many yards since 2005, which is, I would say is probably the bulk of it since that was like, what, like four years into his, his career at that point. So yep. just amazing. And that, you know, you and I joked about, you know, Cam Newton was with like, you know, throwing with a, you know, like a quarterback coach or whatever. And he said, oh, we should, you know, go see Dr. Andrews instead. Yeah. But, it's pretty wild. And it, as you just alluded to, so this is another thing that we already knew about. I guess we didn't necessarily know his role, you know, specifically, but Drew Brees is going to join NBC Sports as a broadcaster. And so th- there has been some question marks around that particular crew, you know, for a few years now, as far, especially when they brought Mike Tirico on, because, you know, the plan is to have, you know, Al Michaels or Al Michaels is going to retire within, I think a year or so is the plan. However, I don't really, I don't think to my knowledge that Chris Collins was planning to leave. So it is going to be interesting to see if he ultimately switches to that. I think for now, he's probably going to be in the studio because they're saying as a football analyst, I don't know if that means that Tony's gone. That would be fantastic. I know we'd love to see him take Tony Dungy's job or something, but Tony um, or Chris Collinsworth for me. I know Chris Collinsworth. I, I, I don't mind him. I think he's better than a lot of people. I know some people certainly rubs the wrong way, but what what do you think about how he'll translate to being a broadcaster? He seems pretty personable. So so he's very personable. Like every video you see, like he just knows how to, obviously he's a student of the game. Like, you know, Get, making numbers like that, like professionally passing yards, touchdowns and stuff like you definitely know how the game works, you know, how defenses work. I think analyzing a gameplay would be good. Um, and like I said, you watch videos of him talking to random people. Like there is one video. I remember, he, you know, he was talking to some, I know, someone on the Vikings or something. And like, he was like, Hey, you did really good this year. Like keep it up and walk away. And the dude's like, dude, Drew Brees knew how I did this year. Like, what is that about? Like, so like he, he can really like, bring that like kind of personal um, thing. And I think he'd be also unbiased. So back to Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy, such a honk that like, right. They need someone like Rodney Harrison to kind of knock him down a peg. Absolutely. Who's, I wouldn't want Harrison not to go away, but yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, although he, it, he won't be doing the game in the booth for NFL, he is going to, it looks like he is going to do, color work for the Notre Dame broadcast, which, which are on NBC. And Oof. as usual, Notre Dame has somehow worked its way into the program. Uh, I will not be watching Notre Dame. Still. Now I know Doug Flutie <laughs> w- w- was doing those previously and they've had mm-hmm. some pe- different people rotating. I know in NBC over the years, um, but he is going to also be part of 
NBC has the Super Bowl in 22 and he'll be involved in that as well. Usually they That's add, cool. actually, you know, maybe the hell I'll do Adam as a sideline or something at that point, but uh, good for him. You know, I, I certainly think he'll be successful because I, yeah. he's definitely a good interview. So happy for him. Very happy for him. And just one piece, last piece, you know, we alluded <laughs> to the, the salary cap situation for the saints. And so Jameis Winston resigned, but they gave this, and this is the reason I bring this up is because this is, seems to be the new norm where because of the salary cap situation, these teams are in because the league lowered the threshold, you know, that they lowered the salary cap. We're seeing these insane numbers. And I know when this was probably reported, there may have been traffic accidents involved <laughs> when this came. So it tastes some hill signed a four year, $140 million <laughs> extension, which freed up seven and a half million dollars in cap space. Now, the reason we're laughing is because this number is so fake. It's ridiculous. Yep. Taysom Mill is not going to see anything remotely close to that. But, you know, we've seen this with, you know, both with Brady, Dak, uh, and others in the la- just in the last day or so with, you know, free agency or, or other restructures, you know, that are going on. The way these contracts are being structured now is with these, you know, voidable years, it's just fake money. And, you know, we talked about before, the, the cap is, is crap, as they say. Yep. You know, it, it can be manipulated just as, you know, basketball is in for, for the most part as well. But this Taysom Hill thing, basically, it, the way it says is it says, all years are voidable and the deal frees up seven and a half million Hills contract numbers include 9.686 million signing bonus, a 1.439 guarantee roster bonus and 1.034 million guaranteed base salary. So the man is not getting too much money here, but basically he's getting like 12 million bucks, which is about the same as they gave Jameis Winston essentially is what it seems like here. Doesn't really clear up either who the, you know, who the starter is going to be for the Saints. I assume if I had to guess, given they're both definitely going to be there, it's an open competition. And I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be either. But just an interesting nugget. I wanted to mention it just because of this is the trend you're seeing now. So when you see a either a restructure or a new contract, don't be alarmed by the number you see. And we'll we'll get to that a little bit on the Patriots because mm-hmm. there's a lot more to these contracts than the number that is in the headline that you're reading. Yeah. I mean, what do you, I know you, I know you're, you're saying this, you're smiling the whole time I'm reading this. So, (laughs) I mean, so when I first read it, I had a panic attack. I said, what are they doing? I mean, part of me is like, this can't be true. So um, you're right. guys. I think I heard it. I think I heard either on TV or radio first. I'm like, no, yeah, I heard it. $140 million for a year for that guy. Not that he, I mean, he's like a gadget guy, but then you read it like it, it makes sense. I mean, the avoidable years is the thing to do. It frees up cap space. It is all funny money. I mean, they have a certain amount of cash, but like the rest of it's just kind of, you can, it's just monopoly money. The league I mean, I feel cap like is going to step in at some point. I don't know if this oh, has, has to, to be, I don't know if this has to be in the CBA or if there's a loophole that has to be closed because I, I haven't seen it. This has been going on for a while. They just, typically you didn't hear it wasn't reported for the voidable years is what was happening, but right. this seems to be used far more into a bigger extreme than in the past because of the, you know, the, the I don't think the salary caps have ever been lowered before. If anything, usually right. it goes up a few million. 
Right. So, yeah. I mean, I think it'll be a good, good competition because when Breeze was out last year, I mean, Taysom Hill didn't do a terrible job. I mean, he was definitely serviceable. Like, managed gonna... the game. But again, like we talked about this before, like, I think that's fine for, I don't know, six games. That's not for, you know, now 17 that we're going to. I don't think True. that formula works. True. In college, it does, but not, not in this league. It's a passing league. No, but we'll see. All right. Our next story is really tragic, Jeff. A 19-year-old Russian hockey player has died after being struck in the head with a puck. This was uh, in the MHL, which is the junior league of the KHL, the, the you know the Russian hockey league. So this is a this is a big time juniors league. It looked like, and you you know what you and I have both watched the video, but essentially a a wrister from the red line, just a, a dump into the zone caught this young man, uh, Timur Vezutinov, Vezutinov struck, yeah. struck him in the head where you know, he's wearing a helmet. And three days later, he has passed away, unfortunately. And again, you know, we watch this, it, he's conscious, you know, right after it happens, because he does grab grabs his helmet but at some point something tragic did occur on the ice where you know whether it was a seizure or a stroke or something he he does then you know lose consciousness and they did have you know all the proper personnel it seems like from my understanding here in this article that they had a team doctor paramedics he didn't make it to the hospital and unfortunately he passed you know three days later and just one of those, it's just a fluke thing. You know, again, we, you watch this and th- this is, it's a wrist shot. That's, you know, a puck that's just being, you know, dumped into the offensive zone, took him off, hit him in the helmet. And I, I just, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before, Jeff. What, what did you make of this situation? Um, so it was a, it was a very sad situation. Of course, um, the play just looks so it looked minor. I mean, he wasn't looking I mean, it looks like it was a dump in the zone. It looks like he would might be going for some sort of line change or something because it wasn't even looking correct towards the puck. It looks like he was, but like it didn't look like it hit him with that much velocity. I mean, he because the video I've seen, he grabs his head, does a couple spins, tries to get up, can't. Which you know he's on his knees for a while, so he's he does not lose consciousness. You know, directly after. No, and then something turned, and there's a video says on YouTube where something drastically turns, and his teammates are like rushing over and stuff. So, um, it just seems like one of those plays you see. You know, it seems like all the time in hockey, some some dude takes a puck to the face. You know, he's leaking blood. Which in this case, he wasn't leaking blood, but like right, you know, usually leaking blood goes to the locker room real quick. Some training staff picks up his teeth off the ice, comes back on the ice, it's over with. Or like we had a couple of years ago with Chara when he broke his jaw. You know. Pits you in the face, you're you're off for a little bit. Well, he's off for longer, but um, so it was really sad. I mean, obviously there was something underlying with him that he had going on, undiagnosed probably or unknown. Especially with him being 19, I don't think they're doing extensive like probably a battery of tests on him, like they would do someone a little bit older. So it's That's probably true. something he's had for his whole life, and seems he got like hit a, the wrong way. Seems like a pretty tough kid to 116 penalty minutes in 182 games in yeah. M- MHL. So. Also, not a frail person, you know, by by any means either. Just a very sad situation. Just I, I can't. I don't think I've have you. Have, I have not heard this at at any level. 
Have you, I, I, I've heard of pucks shot into the stands. I have never heard of a player passing away that was hit in the helmet, you know, with a puck. Can you, can you think of even anything comparable to this, Jeff? I mean, we've even seen line drive baseballs hitting people at a hundred, no. you know, hundred miles an hour off the bat before, you know, like, cause this wasn't like, it was like, it, it was pretty close. They, they weren't too far away when the, the play happened. It wasn't like a wrist shot towards a goalie with, this was like a dump. Like he was trying to dump it. It like looks like a line change for both teams. He was dumping. I can't it imagine in. that puck was traveling any more than. I mean, it's gonna hurt. Don't get me wrong. Right, but it's it's, it's gonna suck. I, but like, if I had to guess, there's no more than seventy miles an hour to the to the helmet. No, that was like a dink and dump. That's like an old school Bruins like dink and dump looking thing. Either they do a line change or they get dirty in the boards. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a, an actual like shot on goal wrister at his head. So exactly. Yeah, it wasn't going. I mean, like I said, it's gonna suck. Regardless, that that sucks getting hit in the head. But like, that's why there had to be something. And maybe because all these penalty minutes, maybe something happened. I mean, there's maybe there was something with his brain because you know all penalty minutes. Like, who who's he getting for fighting or is he hitting people? Like, maybe something sure. just kind he's of a cap- manifested. He's named captain of the team, by the way. Yeah, so I mean, he's a so you assume, you assume like he's throwing throwing punches, defending his teammates. Maybe it's just sad. Especially because you're so young, like I said, just like that age, they're not checking for everything. You know, it's kind of like us. They're not going to check for certain things. It's based on age. So they probably just like, oh, let him, let him just be a physical player. Like he'll be fine. He's only 19. Man. These are two big teams too. This is Dynamo St. Petersburg, who he plays for, and they were playing local Yaroslav. And so, like again, I just want to stress, like this is not some remote place in Russia, you know, by any means, this is the top junior league in, in Russia that takes hockey very seriously. There's a doctor, there are paramedics there. So this is not like, uh, you know, it, not something that they were adequately prepared for. It seems like everybody was in the right place, you know, at the right time. And again, he was in the hospital for three days here as well. And again, you know, it's obviously unfair to speculate, but an event of some kind obviously took place you know, a few shortly after, and then something again at the hospital, you know, three days later. And so, right. you know, our condolences to him, his friends, his family, his teammates, uh, just a very, very sad situation that happened here. Local sports is brought to you by Lashes by Lauren. Ladies, if your eyelashes need some help, you're going to want to hear this. They're offering $50 off any full set, $25 off lash lifts. And guys, if you're not sure what to get your lady, A gift card is the perfect choice. Lashes by Lauren is in Riverside, Rhode Island. Give them a call to book at 413-404-7455. Check them out on Instagram at underscore lashes dot by dot Lauren underscore. We'll begin with the Bruins. I know a lot of people have been inquiring as to what Andre Kasha's situation is. We haven't seen him since the what, second game of the season, Jeff. Yep. And there was a little nugget that came out a couple of days ago. There's really not much to it, but I found it very interesting. Uh, Fluido Shinzawa, who covers the Bruins, had tweeted that Kasha is skating on his own. And, he, and we had mentioned before he was skating with um, you know, a member of the staff as well previously. But he's wearing a, a tinted visor. And that is very concerning to me. So as, as many of you know, that's he's you wear a tinted visor when you have light sensitivity. 
And this injury has been an upper body injury, which is clearly a concussion. And so <laughs> if, but this was in February, right? This yep. we're in mid March. If you're still having post concussion, you know, syndrome or, you know, effects, essentially this it's, I'm very concerned. You know, I appreciate that he's skating, but the fact that two months later, he's wearing a tinted visor. Uh, it's just not a good sign. And this just has uh, bringing back the Mark Savard situation. It just came flooding back to me. And it, it's just not good because, for, you know, for a couple of reasons, obviously it tells me that if he's still wearing a tinted visor, he's probably not close. It also means that he's not doing, you know, this is, this is clearly a concu- post-concussion issue. And you also wonder the future, you know, of his, you know, his health, you know, what, you know, if he does come back, right. What is one more going to do? Is guy going to be a vegetable? Like you just wonder the long-term effects. And, you know, I know Bergeron's dealt with, you know, concussions and has still been able to, you know, to, to come back, but, you know, look, you can see a relatively young player like Mark Savard have to, you know, cut his career short. I know Eric Lindros was, you know, hall of fame player that, you know, had a problem like that. So what do you, again, I, we don't have much to go on and we're certainly speculating, but what are your thoughts on this? So it's all speculation. Like you said, it, it's, it's not good. So you break it down. I mean, there's different, you know, levels of concussions. There's ones that can kind of bounce back from more quickly ones on the more severe side. So this is clearly the tinted visor, how long it's been. I mean, he's, if he's still wearing a tinted visor, kind of skating by himself, that means he's like just barely like clear to even just skate again. Like I'm assuming he's not getting much sleep. Like this post-concussion syndrome must be like real bad on him. And like you said, you know, Mark Savard, you heard the stories like not be able to sleep at night because of it. Right. You know, I mean, I, people probably, so if people can imagine, I mean, I think everyone's had a migraine in their life. It's like those migraines where you have to wear sunglasses inside. Yeah. Like that's what he, that's what Kasha is dealing with all the time. Like that, that intense, like you know, pain and stuff like that. So, um, I think like the morning, like you're wait, you wake up like after you got, you're hung over, like severely. Yeah. Except you're sunglasses. You have, to, you have to try and do your, imagine trying to do your job like that. And then your job in particular is a full contact physical sport. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't want to be, go down too much down this rabbit hole, but like, how long this injury has been and where we are now, like who knows if he'll come back again. I mean, this is on the pretty severe side. If he's still, I mean, most people with post-concussion syndrome, like at a point can, you know, function enough to do like skating or, or, or menial tasks. I mean, it, not menial, but, but like, who knows if he can ever play again? Even if he got to a point where it was comfortable, why would you even want to come back? No. Cause you're, you're just one, like, cause at this point, like with the trauma you've had, like you don't need to have another devastating concussion for like your life to address. Like you could have like a grade one, the lowest end. It's it's like um, not another teen movie. Like you're just one concussion away, no matter how severe it is, from like impacting the rest of your life. And that's something He's he has 20, to lay out. Twenty five. Yeah, and this like, is a bad one. This is re- like, like he we, should very really consider. Not like, to mention, like we've you know, we've seen the effects of CTE and even more, you know, debilitating brain injuries. And obviously that's how, you know, CT is caused by sub concussive and concussive blows to the head. 
and you know, we look at these, we've seen these guys, you know, that have taken their own lives, you know, before they're even 50 in, in many cases. And, you know, I would hate to see a, a 25 year old guy that just be to the point, you know, a life-changing injury, you know, especially if he came back just to play a, with a, a game, like it just, you have, I, obviously like you have to weigh your long-term health and future. And you also wonder too, like what, what doctor would be willing to, you know, put their signature on uh, clearing a player like that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, concussion, especially in that sport. I mean, at any time in hockey, I mean, football to us too, but like you've seen all these dirty hits that we're, we're seeing these days in hockey. Like you're one sucker hit away from being knocked out. Like sure. you really, like I said, if you're wearing a tin visor at this point, like you cannot afford another serious concussion. And then your career is probably over. Like no matter what you say, it's your life done. might your life might be over for all intents and purposes. Yeah, you like I said, your life will drastically change. So I hope maybe he's taking it slow. Maybe I mean, who knows? But like, if it's like the reason you're out is because I hope of it's the a severity. Crutch. I hope maybe it's just a crutch, Jeff. Like maybe he's he, he just feels more. Yeah, like maybe he just feels more comfortable having on. And so he's like, oh, I don't want to get like because maybe he did feel that you know a month ago. Maybe yeah. you know maybe he still had light. And that's fair. Or if you're I respect that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so again, but I, if you're inside of inside of an arena and you have to wear a tinted because you can't see or you get a migraine from it, like still, right? Like, dude, stay home. Just stay home. Like, yep. I don't think the team, the team's not going to trot you out there if you can't even see. They don't want to be on national TV and have see you get killed. <laughs> or, or like no one wants to see that Mark Savard. Like those hits, like no one likes to see that. So it's like, yeah. I hope they, I mean, this is an, on the team too. So they got to, you know, I, I hope they make the right decision as well. So we'll see. We are recording during the third period of the Bruins game on Tuesday evening. And so tonight making their debut, well, season debut for Vladar and I believe career debut, right? For Oscar Steen tonight, Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, Pretty cool to see. I know you wanted to see Swayman and Net. I I wonder if there's certain bummed. if this is, has to do with certain protocols, perhaps. You know, I, because he's playing in the A, and he's not like a part of this particular program. If that has something to do with it, because I mm-hmm. Vladar is listed as the. Are they calling? Are they calling him the taxi goalie? Is that? Taxes, yeah. So that he's part of the protocol. So I, I have a feeling that's the reason, Jeff. But at the very least, we, I mean, we didn't even think that we knew. Well, we knew that Halak was not going to, shouldn't be playing after you know he shouldn't probably shouldn't play the last game either, which we discussed. No, we talked about that. Like he Saturday. cannot play this game. But uh, obviously, everybody will have this game will have concluded by the time you're hearing this. But. Um, they inserted Steen onto the third line, which is centered by Coyle. They had Richie on the other side. Um, and so uh, Vladar is, is the goalie. He looks pretty good so far. We're, what are we, like halfway through the third period? It, it's two to one Bruins. Uh, Frederick just scored, by the way, Jeff. So uh, nice. I know he had, he had that ridiculous stick save in front of like an open net, essentially. So he's, I again, we don't know the result of this game, but through most of the game, he's played very well. So that's very good to see because they certainly need this win because things were not uh, going well in Rask's absence. And no. 
So and he's a he's a big goalie too. So you'd like to see him pan out. He's like six five. He's a giant. So he, he covers a lot of the net. So they, they had some other lineup changes too tonight. So it, you know, I kind of moved things around. By the way, uh, DeBrusque is back after a false positive. So as usual, the first line's intact, and then you, you have Krejci centering the second line with DeBrusque and Smith. And then I just mentioned the third line. Um, Trent Frederick's back to the fourth line, centered by Corrali. But uh, you have Carson Coleman in for for Wagner and Steen is in for Bjork. Uh the defense pairings are a little different as well. But uh you have Grizzly McAvoy is a Boral Clifton and then Tenorti is with Camphor. I don't know specifically the reasons for Vakanainen's absence, but uh maybe just not to put too much load on on the kid. Uh unfortunately uh Jeff uh Tenorti was uh annihilated on the Brandon Tanev sketchy hit and it didn't look good uh, at all. He did get a major. Is that right? Yep. And a game, is, a game is conduct. Not great. Ended up crashing. It hit him borderline is it looks like it's from, I'm watching it right now. It's from the side. And then he crashes into the boards right in front of the, the Bruins bench. It didn't look good. He looked, as you alluded to, he's, he looked unconscious uh, when he was on the ice. So just another blow to the defense of the Bruins. My gosh, like, mm-hmm. how do they keep weathering the storm? And we, you know, we talked a lot about a free agent options on the broadcast Saturday and, you know, who they've been linked to and that Colm's name came up again. But what do you make of uh, Steen and then the defensive pairings? And then now, obviously, we're probably going to see Vakaninen again uh, next game. Yeah, so... Steam was good to see. I mean, it, he's always been an interesting, intriguing prospect they've had. Um, of course, while recording this, I've only got to see parts of the first period, so I'll have to go back and really look to see how he did. But it's definitely good to see. I mean, we need we need to find someone that can. Well, we really need a top six, but we need just more scoring depth on this team. So hopefully, he can bring that. Um, Vladar looks good. Like Brad alluded, like you alluded to, I, I wanted Swayman just because he had a 1.96 goals, goals against, like a 9.45 save percentage. So, like, I know it's the AHL, but like, he's he's the big ticket. And like, even watching this game, like, I I've, I need to give Vladar a little bit of a chance. I mean, he was in the worst situation in that playoff game. Like, I I I just I can't judge him off that. So I'm gonna give him a little leeway because that was like the like that's like number one worst situation to make your debut in. A playoff game like that, so sure. Um, and then so we'll see about Steen. Give him a couple of games. Hopefully that he gets a little bit of a run here. Um, and then this Tenorti hit, like there's all these people saying, "Oh, clean hit, clean hit." It's like maybe the initial. So I would say the initial part, the initial contact was all right, kind of sketchy, but all right. It was it's the fact that he guided so- him into the boards is the problem. That is the definition of boarding. If you guide someone into a dangerous position against the boards, it's boarding. It's not the, like, if you would have hit him and went down, like, at a downward angle, but he went sideways and pushed him into it, which is the definition of boarding. So I'm sick of these people saying, well, hit. the problem too is, uh, again, you don't know what it, but to me, this is a purpose predatory hit. And I, I assume it's, be, so I don't know if you saw earlier in the game, Tenorti had a big time hit, clean hit on Malkin. And Malkin went down the tunnel after, so I don't I don't believe in coincidences. They were looking for Tenorti after he put a big time hit, clean hit by the way, like like straight up. Look it up to Malkin. So 
I just don't believe that that happened, but you know, just by chance, I don't. And I'll show you the video right now. It's a pretty good Oof. clean. It's a pretty clean, it's a clean hit. Hit him so, in the chest. But you know how that. this you know how this league works. You know, you're when they're one of their top stars gets hit by your six defensemen, they're gonna take him out in the neutral zone, which is what you know what happened here. And again, it's like, like I'm and I'm all for it if it's in a clean way. Like that was a clean shot. Like I don't care if it's your superstar, it's a clean shot. Hit him back clean. Like yeah, I'm all for it. You By the way, he's also your best player, do willing it. to drop the gloves at any time. Yeah, so it's not like it, if you wanted to go with Tenorti, there wouldn't probably have taken much to convince him, right? No, he was smashing faces in what two games in here. So yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm all I'm all for the if you want to give retribution for um, one of your superstars getting hit, but like you got to do it in a legal way because the Tenorti hit was that's like textbook. It's exactly what you want to do. That hit he had absolutely. On, uh, was it Malkin? Yeah, like it was. Yep. Yeah. Clean, clean it. That's like that's like put that in like a textbook for like up and coming people. So hope he's all right. I mean, he was motionless. Um, obviously, the the Bruins said he was out for the game. Duh. Just watch the video. Yes. So he's <laughs> thank you. Cost. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I I knew that. It just now it worries me because like that wouldn't worry me. But look at this Russian kid. I mean, I'm not really worried about. No, him. you're <laughs> right. Like. I think it's like that was a fluke thing with the Russian kid, but like it kind of gave it when I saw it on my phone. I was like, that's why I I brought it up to you. I was like, holy shit. Like, because I mean, the Russian kid was more, he had more motion to him than Tenorti. Tenorti hit that board and he was out. You could see the lights were out. At least the the kid that died, unfortunately, was moving around for a little bit. Tenorti was out like a light. So, yeah. Hopefully, Tenorti. I mean, I was hard on him when he signed him. But I like, can't catch a break, man. And I, I'll tell you what, he's fit in very nicely. I love him. He knew, I was so hard on him. I like, <laughs> yeah, what I like, he, I like what he said when he came here. He acknowledged, you know, how much of a tight group in. He's not looking to change anything. Yep. I, I think he's been a very professional, and and I think he's done a nice job and exa- and has done exactly what he was brought in to do. Yeah, you know, and, we're not pretty good too. We're not reinventing the wheel here, but they needed a defensive defenseman you know, a presence out there. I think he's done exactly what has been asked of him. And it's, it's a shame if, you know, he's going to miss time now. And it's not even throwing the gloves part. Like that's obviously encouraged. (laughs) I mean, I I don't mind someone being there as a thumper, but like he's played very well defensively, like his actual real role. He's done very well. I mean, other stuff's a bonus and I love to see it, but so yeah, I was hard on him. So I'm, I remember I sent you that hype that hype video. I was like, "Why are they hyping up this this dude?" Like, yeah, I mean, we were joking around. That. The guy's like, you know, six six and throws <laughs> yeah. hands, but, and like, it was like, you know, it, what type of skill or you know is involved? But like, getting cut from Nash, he's getting put on waivers by Nashville, who's plummeting right Nashville, now. Yeah, well, Nashville, <laughs> everybody's available in Nashville, and That's true. again, I just talked about uh, Ekholm and could very well be a, a move very soon. So, um, we're also recording during the Celtics game. They're playing at home against Utah. They're down by six in the fourth quarter. But so Tristan Thompson is not playing. He is in the health and wellness protocol, which we all know what that means, but we don't know exactly to what extent. So we don't know. They're obviously waiting for some, you know, COVID tests and things like that. And if nobody else is impacted, obviously this, uh, his contact was with someone not on the team would be my guess here. Now, that being said, there are a lot of rumors about him being moved. You and I have talked about 
him indirectly being a, an asset, you know, moving him, getting a pick, which you could then turn around and right. trade for somebody else is what we've discussed. However, I will say I, I was a little stunned by the potential trade partner. So there's, a, you know, rumors going around right now. Uh, I believe it was Chris Haynes at Yahoo Sports that had insinuated that the Toronto Raptors could be a possible destination. And I find that to be very strange that they would trade him in the division to another, you know, potential playoff team. Would even if you got a number one pick that's going to be obviously protected and outside of the lottery anyway. Uh, to me, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would do that. Like you're telling me, you can't find somebody else. Now I understand they're out of the playoffs at, at the current moment, but like, you know, they're only what like two game. They're two games out of the eighth seed. So, what did you make of this situation? You know, in regards to you know, we've addressed the Tristan Thompson in general, especially if they brought back another big man. But what are your thoughts about the Raptors in particular? And then, if not for this year and a future year or, or whatever. No, absolutely not. You don't, you never do that. It's like, is Danny have to go north of the border to, tra- to find a team to trade with him or something? Like, that's like, I don't know. That's like the Patriots draft, like trade with the Jets or the Red Sox and the Yankees or like, you know, Bruins Canadians. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, you don't trade to the, there's just certain teams you don't trade with. And that's it. Cause like, again, that first round pick means garbage. NBA draft picks mean nothing really. They're just, they're just funny money. Like maybe you'll hit, maybe like most of the time you don't. Um, it, to like, me, Tristan, too, it, it's not so. Again, like they, I know that they're not good this year. They're seventeen and twenty-two, but it, of the group that's you know out of the playoffs, like obviously the you you beat the Raptors in the playoffs last, year, and they they played they were excellent last year. Even without, even after Kawhi left, I thought they surprised a lot of people with how, you know, how well they played. And so, you know, the, the teams after the Raptors, right. The Cavaliers, Wizards, Magic Pistons, like I have no problem trading. It's like the Raptors though, I feel like are going to rebound and like, I'm not sure that I want to help them, I guess, you know? Right. Cause it's not like Tristan Thompson's done. I think, I mean, that dude has got a lot of miles on him. Like you don't, you can't expect him to be the Tristan Thompson of old. I think for the most part, I mean, he's had his bad, you know, kind of stretches, but like, I think he's been pretty decent for the, the, the Celtics. I mean, they have a lot other, a lot more issues than, than that. I mean, sure. I don't think it would be their front court's pretty good. It's just like, yeah. I don't think it would be fair to assume that he was here, you know, here to, to score. No, he's, really, his he's really not that far off. Like quite frankly, he's probably, probably done about what they thought he would do especially given and he's doing they, fine they like played. overall he's doing fine well he's still average he's averaging 7.9 uh points per game in recent so like he's there to rebound and that's what he's done right that's what i'm saying why would you give him to Toronto? it's not like some bum you're just trying to get off your roster like he's a guy that can still contribute like this is how he contributes now and he's still doing it so yeah because i mean 17 22 like how this eastern conference has gone like if if the Raptors just turn it around there in the playoffs, so then if you get a first round pick, it'll be at the bottom of the first round. And like, who cares? I guess maybe that's their thought. Like, if you're the Celtics, right? You thought that, so you don't think that Toronto is going to make the playoffs? A obviously, like if you're even considering the deal, right? That that's the only reason. 
because right. I, I, you know, based on his contract, he's, you know, chances are he wouldn't be with them again anyway, or, you know, his contract would be up. So I guess that's the thought process. And I, I believe he was actually born in Toronto. I don't have, I don't have any idea if he's interested in going back there. I can't Does imagine. Chloe want to go there. I was just going to say, I can't imagine that Chloe wants to move to Canada. Not that they're, they're not even playing there anyway this year, but you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. just, so I guess maybe the thought process is that they're definitely out of it. And so it doesn't matter. Now I will say if this was, if this was to get a big time player, it certainly makes more sense. Like you and I have like talked about like the threshold of like the type of player that we want. And mm-hmm. so like, if this is for like a, you know, 20 point game scorer, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll deal them anywhere. If, the, if you need to get that pick in return, you know, for, to, to flip it. And so that brings us to our, again, this stuff kind of we've talked about, but more trade rumors. So supposedly they're now interested in, or officially interested in, in John Collins from Atlanta, who I know we've probably brought up before. And then Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes, again, who we definitely have talked about. Now they have the, the thing that I guess, is a the well the only thing that's attractive for these teams is the fact that because the Celtics have a trade exception, these teams don't have to take some shitty contract <laughs> back. Right. But basically, the Celtics just have their own first round picks to offer, and so I, I will say, John Collins has been superb. I think the some people happen to think that maybe it's a fluke, but twenty three a twenty three year old big man. That's averaging, you know, 21 and 10. That's certainly somebody that can contribute. Yeah. Definitely. Now, definitely. The, the other player being, you know, Harrison Barnes, who's also had a pretty good year, and another guy that can certainly score. I don't know, you know, if you can bring it. I don't think you have the assets probably to get both. And that that's the problem yeah. here. You, I, I feel like we're asking the same questions every week, but like until the trade deadline comes, this is kind of what we're stuck with. So does John Collins move the needle by getting a, a big man that can score and kind of stretch the floor? I mean, obviously it moves the needle just, but like how much you're not going to still beat Brooklyn. Like if we're, if the needle is, can we beat the nets? No. I mean, he definitely makes you better. I mean, he scores it. He can score and rebound. I mean, he's, he's putting up more points than what they have. There's a good foundation. I mean, maybe he, he can he turn is the into th- something, but like, and I think he is a better third option. Like this is the third option they need, not what Kemba was supposed to oh, be in exactly. theory. Anyway, I'd rather have exactly. a power forward that can stretch the floor. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Vucevic obviously as well, but that I think is ultimately what they now here's the thing, right? As I just talked, John Collins is 23 years old. Is that right? Like, yeah. Uh, why would they? Why would they trade him? And they're in the playoffs right now too, I believe. Isn't that correct? Are they the last playoff spot? Uh, I, th- I think so. Maybe they're the eighth. I believe. So, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Like, this is one of those things where like people are just dreaming. Like, oh yeah, that that sounds good. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they were at least last time I checked. They were when I checked this morning. I think I saw it. But like, why would you? And I, I believe you're right. I think they're a, yeah, they're, 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 a full they're game the eighth seed. The they're one game behind New York. Yeah, and so like they're one game behind you. There's a three way tie, fifth, sixth, and seventh. 
Oh, yeah, they're only one oh, game. Oh, no, New York's 20 and 20. They they're one both. game, but they're like 19 and 20, and you have 20 yeah. with You're 20 and 18. But, like, do you think they're just going to give him away? No. I, what, you what's don't the point? Have, how the do you have assets to get a 23-year-old power forward that averages over 20 points a game and over 10 rebounds? Don't. <laughs> and then at that, that point, that's it. Let's, let's say you do, though. Let's say it's like, say you give your own, I don't know, say you throw in two first-round picks, right? Then what? As you you like you're you could you're still probably gonna lose to Brooklyn. So you can't even win the Eastern Conference by mortgaging your future. No, this is like I feel like he's more of a piece. Like you hope he like keeps elevating himself into like superstardom. Like this is kind of a hope and a prayer. Like, does he continue this? Maybe get a little better. I mean, are, are they in cap trouble? Like the Hawks, like all, who do they got? Clint Capella. No, it's all young players, other than like Capella. Like I mean, Capella Donovich. Like what are these? Like what? Why would they trade with you? Like exactly. I don't understand. Really like to me, like I don't care how bad you are. Like tra- trading your twenty-three-year-old power forward doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, he's the second leading scorer coming in today, <laughs> and he averages the third most minutes on your team. I will say that if they could somehow swing both players, though, it certainly would be interesting because. You add a power forward that can score and rebound. And then if you added like a Harrison Barnes, who's still only 28, by the way, I thought he was older for some reason, Um, but he excels at three pointers, which you need. And he can also defend, you know, perimeter wing players, which Mm -hmm. is also what you need. So it's interesting because we've talked about before about how the Celtics have gotten to the, you know, the conference finals with, a, a lesser roster, you know, back with like with Isaiah Thomas and, you know, some of those teams that overachieved, right. There is no, if you brought, let's say if you, even if you brought in one or the other, even if you brought in Collins, you know, or Harrison Barnes, you still should get to the, you know, to the Eastern conference finals with either one of them. If you got both of them, there's a potential, especially with this type of COVID season, like maybe something happens in Brooklyn. Maybe it's possible. I don't but know. Even the two South- of them, like you lose one of them, you're, they're, they're, you're still better. They're still better than you is the problem with Brooklyn. If, yeah, but, but like with the <laughs> way both of these players are playing, if you brought in both of them, uh, that's possible. I, I think the problem is that we've talked about is bringing in like one player or bringing in like a lesser player. And then you're just basically wasting that, that TPE. And then what are you stuck with? And then it's like even more embarrassing for, for all parties involved, right? Yeah. I just think they like. I, I just don't see there's anything. I think that I think, I think Collins. There's no way. Like they're in the playoffs right now. Like what are you talking about? I think it's best to um, definitely use it over the summer. Like figure it out. But at this point, like I originally thought, like that was like the worst thing possible is waiting. But right now, like I don't want to waste it on something stupid. Certainly, and so because nothing's not the worst. It's not the, wor- it's not like the worst thing, Martz, but like. Harrison Barnes isn't going to make you a contender. They're playing pretty well tonight, by the way. Utah has, uh, I think they've lost three or four, but uh, obviously Utah is one of the better teams in the league, but uh, they're down by, the Celtics are down by three with about four minutes and 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So it's certainly a competitive mm-hmm. game. And obviously they're playing a little thin at the at the big uh, big men position. So not Campbell bad, but, good. but Mar- by the way, Marcus Smart, uh, it really does change things quite a bit, especially defensively. He's he's looked very good. 
Um, and I think he just brings a different type of energy that they desperately need because I think complacency certainly was a problem in his absence. And so I think he certainly keeps his teammates on their toes. He doesn't, you know, the guy's intense. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, he shoot, he's only two for seven on shooting today. One for but again, four like he's three, but that's not terrible by his standards. And certainly like, that's not what he's here for, <laughs> but you know, Kemba's doing well, like I said earlier, a second ago, he's six for 15, uh, one for six from three. So he's, he's doing his thing. Um, yeah. It's, it's weird. You look at this lineup card. You surprised they're only down. They're only, they're only down by one right now. It looks like, um, Pritchard doesn't even attempt at a shot yet. <laughs> I don't know what Pritchard's doing out there, but yeah, I mean, again, None of these people are going to move me. I'd love to have Harrison Barnes, but like he's not going to move the needle. So pass. Just take the L, Celtics fans. Sorry, green teamers. Yeah, we'll uh, keep an eye on this. Yeah. On to the Red Sox. Spring training is moving along, Jeff. And so Nathan Avaldi, you're, you know, arguably your number two starter, obviously, in sales absence, really cranked up the velocity the other day. So, he had 10 pitches that hit at least a hundred miles an hour, which, you know, for a guy that we've talked about his injury history and all of that, I would say is pretty damn impressive, especially in mid March. Now he did give up a couple bombs off of that high velocity, but by the, to those home runs, I believe it was Buxton and Sano that, that had homered in that, in that game off of him had, you know, two of the highest, uh, the exit velocity off of those was the two highest that day in, in spring trading. So that's what happens, unfortunately, when people do connect on a hundred mile an hour fastball. But I'd say it's good, you know, again, like it's, I don't, I'm not worried. Like the good thing is that he's throwing it in the zone. He's clearly got his velocity up there. And so he, he didn't went out for four, four innings. He had seven hits and four earned runs. This was against the twins on, this was this past Sunday, but I'll tell you why like, to see him get back to that. We, we knew that he was capable of this, but you know, sometimes you're not sure how it's going to come, you know, when it's going to come back after, you know, I- injuries and things like that. But uh, I'd say it's encouraging for, especially for him. What did you think? Definitely very encouraging. I mean, <laughs> it makes me worried that he's thrown gas like that. I'm like, don't even waste it. Just, well, that's a good point. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that negative Nancy. Like, I'm already, I'm already on this is a wasted season. So, I'd like to see him not get hurt. Don't just just throw it a little soft there. Like, who cares? You guys aren't gonna do anything. Let's just give up. Uh, I know it's already spring training, but it's like I don't, I'd love, hate to see him get another Tommy John surgery because he's just throwing flames out there. And I wonder. So, I don't know if the temperature had anything to do with it. You know, it was in the eighty. It was in the mid eighties that day. But just to give kind of like some perspective on his heat. So in this game, right, 10 of his 64 pitches reached the speed of hundred or higher, but previously Evaldi has hit triple digits at least 10 times. He's this only done this 10 times in just four of his 194 career appearances. That's regular and postseason combined. Jesus. So certainly an interesting feat, especially early in the year. So, I mean, I'll take it. Obviously, again, like as you said, like maybe you can tone it down a little bit because they're going to rely on you like crazy this year. Yeah, um, you're going to be out there for a long time. Those are going to be seven, seven in the stretches, buddy. Tone that down. But the arm certainly looks healthy. So, it's good to see. Definitely good to see. 
And I mean, it's not much else to talk about in spring training. So there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. Um, another story that again, not like groundbreaking stuff, but I, just something an interesting observation because I know some people were asking why the Red Sox catchers are now down on one knee. And so the Cora was asked this question and he had stated, this is actually something they had noticed that teams are doing back in 2019. And uh, Jason Veritek, I guess had done a little research on, on this and essentially it came down to a comfort thing. And, you know, if you look at it, it certainly makes sense because like, I mean, I, I haven't caught since I was a kid, but I did, I did play catcher and I can tell you it's not comfortable <laughs> at all. And so, especially on the back. And so if you watch now this technique where you have one knee down and your other knee is, you know, out, out to the side of you, it certainly makes sense from that perspective as to why. And that's basically what Cora said of, of what the information that Veritech had brought back. Um, and also helps them looking in as well, apparently. Um, he had joked that, you know, Veritech said he mentioned that he would have done it, you know, a lot sooner if he, you know, understood the concept of it. He went on to basically say, I guess Vasquez isn't a, isn't a huge fan of it, um, but I guess you know it's okay with framing pitches and things like that, and it it's comfortable. So, just a tidbit there if people were wondering why catchers were on one knee now, but. It's interesting, you know, this game has obviously been played for well over 100 years now, Jeff, and it's interesting to see, like, evolution and things that we're, we're only only just figuring out now, you know, especially yeah. from the catching position. And it's just something as simple as putting a knee down, right? Like, it's just, I, yeah, I find it, it just, interesting that, like, this is just, we're only now figuring this out. Like, It's just interesting that, you know, we can't prevent a 47 hour game, but we can figure out how to make the catchers more comfortable. So, but it still takes this long. It's still, I mean, they said 2019. So how many years is that? Like, so we had professional baseball in the 1800s, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, this is, I mean, it looks comfortable. I mean, I feel like you could still jump up and throw someone out. Kind of like what you said. I mean, I haven't played, I didn't play catcher since like high school rec league. I can tell you it sucked. Like your back, like awful knees, like it's hot and it's like hot out and you're like trying to like stay together and you're like, it sucks. So like that, that's a perfect position. The, the, the worst thing about catchers, even the major league level, like you see like Joe Maurer and Buster Posey, like their knees just go like sure. sitting in that position, their knees back. It just, you I hate don't know to how see some it. of these guys do it for so long. It's crazy. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Some of them you see like Polanski and stuff like, like dude, you're like 35. What are you doing? Do you have knees? How do you still have cartilage? But where your back's not messed up. But uh, it's very interesting. Hopefully, it helps them. I mean, it's. I wish Vasquez liked it a little more because I think that would help him stay behind the plate. <laughs> Maybe I don't. But I, you know, uh, with how lethal he is, like I'm, I, I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna force him to change anything. You no, know, with how no, he is God, behind. God, whether no. whether it's for the pitcher's perspective or him hosing dudes out on the bases. <laughs> God no. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to what everybody's been waiting for. Patriots time, Jeff. Yes. I you know, not much going on, though, right? No, no. <laughs> Classic Bill offseason, doing nothing. Uh, so I think this caught a lot of people by surprise. So we'll start off with the, the first uh, thing that kind of dropped here. And so 
we talked about we talked about Trent Brown's return on on Saturday on our, on our live broadcast, and we we had a feeling that this was going to be the next the next piece. So the Patriots have traded Marcus Cannon to the Houston Texans for three pick swaps, and so this is in five five six and seven those rounds here. And so Jeff, not a surprise whatsoever. So now basically it's going to boil down to what positions these guys are going to play in, but not, it's not bad because, and again, like it's not saying that necessarily like that cannon was useless at this point, because that's not the case necessarily, but this clears out a decent amount of money for them. And they increased their draft position in three rounds. You uh, you cool with this? Oh, so I love the trade. I think I texted you when I saw it, and I said, like, this poor guy didn't deserve that, but I think it was a good trade. Like, yeah, I go from the Patriots. That, that's got to be, you know, you take a year off from being on the Patriots and you end up with the Texans. Like, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah, I mean, Texans are going to be terrible. So anything earlier in any of those rounds is a bonus. I don't know why they actually took this trade, this pick swap thing, because, I mean – how the Patriots are looking, how oh, is it for this year, right? Or is it next year? I can't remember. The draft picks? Yeah. I believe it's for this year. They're going to be even better. Yeah. Even if next year, it would probably be. be I'll, actually, I'll give you the well. figures. So they're going to move from 109 to 120. Mm-hmm. 158 to 147. And 187 to 196, I think. That's not bad. Um, yeah, poor Texans. What are they doing? They're also going to, I think the biggest thing of this obviously is $6.3 million. And so they were obviously able to restructure Trent Brown's deal in contingent and coming here. And then now they're going to save $6.3 million yeah. on this. And so that was perfect trade. Now we're, I'm seeing different from different p- people that follow the Patriots. I'm seeing different, like, uh, proposed depth charts and a lot, I will say, a lot of the ones I'm seeing are are specific are keeping win at left tackle and having um, Trent Brown go to right tackle and then moving on Wenu to left guard to take Tooney's place. But to me, I think they would rather just keep people in their nat- You know, you're moving less people. To me, makes sense. So my thought, especially where Win was just playing guard you know, in college anyway, and obviously hasn't played much. So I would rather just bring Trent Brown back to play left tackle. We know what he's able to do. Put Wynn back to left guard as he had played in, in college at times. And then I, I like the way Big Mike played at right tackle. And so I would say I would keep in Wenu at right tackle until he proves that he's not able to play tackle. Because I feel like it's it's much more if you have a guy right now again we talked about this as well that Unwenu was never anticipated to even be able to play play tackle. I mean he didn't even know the guy was going to be a starter really when you take him in the sixth round. But sixth round, yeah. To me, if I have a guy that could potentially play tackle, I'm going to keep playing him there. And then if I have to move him to guard, I'll move him. But that that's my whole thought process is like if this kid can continue to play tackle, I would much rather have him do that because it's 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 much more difficult the other way around. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just look at it, especially like you said the other way around is more difficult, but just from an injury perspective, 
I'd rather have my left tackle, right tackles, like people I'm pretty sure are not going to get hurt. Like it's easy to switch. Like not that it, the guard's not hard, but it's easy to plug and play a guard. Just, you know, if wind goes down for a couple of games, throw, throw someone in there like friends or whatever, James Ferentz or whatever. Well, Ferentz, his name is. So again, I'm glad you mentioned Ferentz because you're not sure who your center is going to be. And, you know, David Andrews is, we talked about before, if he possibly just wanted to go South, just, for the living, go home. You know, yeah. So, and I know Miami has been very interested in the last few days in particular. I originally had thrown out even possibly Atlanta. That was just my own speculation. Retired, yeah, exactly. Man. Cause there was an opening there and he's obviously from the area, but yeah. So that's certainly something to look at, even though the Patriots are throwing money around. I, you know, this is certainly an important thing to look at. So now you would piss me off. If they don't sign him back. It would be frustrating, especially given the quarterback situation, regardless of who the quarterback, it's either someone that's been here and struggled or somebody new. And, you know, Andrews anchors that line. He is the quarterback, you know, of that, you know, of the line. So it's one of those things. You go. Sorry. No, I was just, it's like, it changes a lot because we talked about the continuity of that line and how much of an asset it was. And without him, you, you're, you don't know. And that's why I'm glad you mentioned Ferentz because right away, that's probably who fills in. Then they have uh, that guy, Marcus Martin, they picked up um, last year. Yep. So like you, or uh, maybe you bring, so if he went to Miami, you in theory could then bring Ted Karras back Ted here, Karras back, who, yeah. but also Ted Karras did struggle at times and he's not nearly the caliber that Andrews is. So that's a hole, which I think needs to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just sign the guy back. I mean, I know he's undrafted. You're going to say, oh, you can just find someone else. I know before him was Brian Stork and, you know, David Andrews. Like, yeah, I know people are talking about that. Uh, what's his name? Landon Dicker, Dickerson from Alabama, that Alabama center. Like, look how well he did. Like, maybe you can draft him or whatever. It's just like. Yeah, there's probably options out there, but like you know what you got, which is interesting. Let's let's you know. I'm glad you mentioned that though. Let's say Mac Jones is available at 15. Maybe bring in, maybe bring his center in with him. That that you know that solves maybe a couple things. Yeah, if you can do it, but I would rather have Andrews. <laughs> no, no, of but, course, but I just uh, that was an interesting observation by you. I think. Yeah, well, because that, we're still talking about the quarterback. So, but I would still like even even in that case, I would love to have even put Andrews in a shorter deal than you were going to, and then draft Jones and Dickerson. That's fine. Have them for the future, but like, you know, because that continuity is there. But it's like just sign him back. I mean, you can't have too many holes. I know we had to get rid of Tooney, and like probably can't had to go. But it's like don't don't this line's been <laughs> the, the last year that was the best part of the team. I mean, sure, D- Damian Harris still had a great year, so it's like. Don't get rid of too many of them. I knew Tooney wasn't coming back, but so we'll you see. could even like, I mean, let's put it this way. I would rather part with Shaq Mason and fill that with someone else on the roster and keep Andrews. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like if, if it came down to a money thing, right. Cause you know, Shaq Mason obviously makes good money and, and I understand them, you know, not wanting to pay all these guards through, through the nose. Right. So I think we were all resigned to the fact that Tooney was leaving. But like to me, right? Like with the way, you know, and again, I don't know who who's comfortable at guard, but 
I would rather, if you had to get rid of Shag, trade Shag Mason to get that money, I'd be fine with that. You know, they have guys like that Haran who they like. If that's the case, you know, you can move. You have, you have guys inside, you know, like you have win, you have, you could, you can move Mike, you know, big Mike, you put Justin Haran at right tack. You know what I mean? Like there's other options that are better than not having David Andrews here to me. Agreed. You need, that needs a priority. Like the fact that David Andrews didn't get signed before the bum Cam Newton, like that should have been number one. I think it's a little more complicated than that though. Like David Andrews wanted to test free agency. Right. And, and he's I, good. I, you know, I don't blame him, so, right? Like, yeah. And he's actually a good football player. So I get it. Enough. I get the difference. Cam's not good. Listen, no, I, I get it. He, like, it's just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame David Andrews for wanting to test free agency. No, he wants to feel appreciated. He wants to be wine and dine probably virtually, unfortunately, because of COVID, but like, he wants yeah. to show, you know, I get it. So it's the free agent tour. I mean, this is probably his last contract or last significant one. I'm assuming he's about 27. Well, I mean, if yeah, he gets one more after this. This is his, well, this is your, t- your first shot at free agency is your time to, to cash in the big bucks. Cash in. Yeah. Get a nice so, four year deal. Like much like, to- Don't yeah, much let like him go. To well, look, much like Tooney did, you know, Tooney has an opportunity to earn upwards of what? $80 million. So that was awesome. That was good to see. Yeah. I like Tooney. So. All right, so it's that time, Jeff. Let's get to it. So there are the Patriots just went wild, and uh, Bill took some peyote and started just sign- calling people. I think I think you may, you may be owing Bill a little bit of an apology because mm. I don't think you thought that any of this was going to happen. If no I told you that this, this is, was going to happen, if I told you this is going to happen, you would have had me committed. All right, we're gonna we're gonna run through some of these people. But before that, I do want to say one thing, Jeff, because you told me that nobody wanted to play with Cam Newton and nobody wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I, to- I told you is that Cam Newton is viewed around the league by the players a lot differently than you and I view him. And, you know, it, there's no shortage of tweets by current and former players that are outward defending Cam Newton, endorsing Cam Newton. And again, I'm not even saying Cam Newton's going to be the quarterback here, but I'm, I'm saying for the purpose of people wanting, because let's be honest, right? Let me, I'll use Hunter Henry as an example, right? Don't you think there are at least another half dozen teams that he could have got that exact same money from? Probably. Probably. Yeah. So there's some reason Hunter Henry came here. Right. And I just, I want to read this tweet, but this is from Des Bryant. Somebody tweeted to Des, they still need a quarterback, LOL. Des said, they got the right one. Trust that. My favorite game watching Cam Newton was against Seattle, the best I ever seen him during his career. He's playing with a totally different team. I'm excited to see Julian Edelman with great wideouts on each side this year. So Des, a receiver, loves Cam Newton. Now, I'll give you just one other tweet before we, we get going here. And this was from all pro linebacker Darius Leonard of the Colts. I can't wait to see at Cameron Newton go to work this season with a full off season with the Patriots Dude, a baller, man. Y'all be tripping. So th- again, this is what Why I doesn't I, need a full off season. But again, Jeff, it doesn't matter. It doesn't You're even a matter. Professional athlete. It doesn't matter if you can throw a football, Jeff. Th- this is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, Cam- it does. He's like quarterback. It, no, no, it doesn't. He's a recruiting tool. He is a prop. He's a prop. Jeff and it works. <laughs> that's fine to be this, if he can, if he's going to be the saying, bench player. But that's all I'm saying to you is the amount of money that they have invested in Cam Newton is so minuscule 
that yeah. it is worth it if you can now attract players that want to come here. That's all I'm that's that's the whole yeah. thing I'm interested in. As long as he's holding a clipboard when it comes to time. Sure. Now let's get into it. John U. Smith, four Love years, it. 50 million. This is so if anybody obviously everyone likes to make the parallel that this is now the new Gronk Hernandez thing. And yeah, it's about as close as you probably can get to it. Yep. John U. Smith, I, I will say, is pretty guy blocks a lot better, I think, than people thought. Um, pretty impressive. And <laughs> He's quick. You watch his tape, man. Guy's fast for a, for a big guy. Mm-hmm. So this was the first thing that we, the signing that we were made aware of. And Which I thought the Patriots, I, I thought the Bills were done at this point. This is a 25 year <laughs> By the way, the guy had nine touchdowns, eight of which were receiving. Yep. That's pretty good. I mean, how many? <laughs> yep. I mean, what, what did, how many average did, almost 10 yards a carry? How many receiving I mean, touchdowns did the Patriots have? I don't even, I couldn't even, I don't even know if they had eight receiving touchdowns from the whole team. <laughs> so I, this is, so, you know, this is the new Aaron Hernandez here. If you want to mm-hmm. get, if you want to get nostalgic like that, they really killed it with this signing. <laughs> I bury that. I don't have anything bad to say about this at all. Um, Right, I mean, he's twenty five. You'd have to be an you'd have to be a moron to, to to have anything to say about this. I don't have any problem with this, and people can talk about the money, but when you boil it down, if you look at by the way, the way this is structured is absolute genius. Did you see his 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 base this 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 season is a million dollars, Jeff? Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> it's a it's million like forty two bucks. <laughs> like, Which, if you look at the way we just talked about this before we started recording, I think they still have over $30 million in cap space after the eight players that we're going to talk about here. Ridiculous. All right. Uh, Hunter Henry, this one caught us, I think all off guard because like, this is certainly on the wish list, but like, well, we talked about it. We said, I will, will we go with Rudolph and Smith? We don't think it'll be Smith and Henry. We, we said it multiple right. times. And, and you paid both of them less than Kelsey and Kittle. Yep. Or the high, you know, who the highest paid. And they, and you put them above Hooper, who was the highest paid last time. So mm-hmm. the money made sense. And so so Hunter Henry is now your new Rob. He's your Y. Your, you know, your typical inline tight end, whereas Johnny Smith is your H move tight end. Mm-hmm. And you can put that bag of crap back on the bench where they belong. <laughs> Although you'll see, you know, you'll see Asi plenty, I think, because he certainly is he's the best blocker of the group. Yeah. You know, of the tight end. So, and I'm sure Keen will play special teams if he's active. But I, I think, and again, I know it's stupid to think about. It. I think ultimately this probably impacts the ability of them to have a fullback. It's probably affects yeah. Jakob Johnson because I don't, I think Keen will, Keen's probably still going to make the roster. Whether or not he's active on game day, certainly something to look at. But I think if anything, it probably affects the fullback position. But I don't have any, I, can't, I don't have anything bad to say about, you know, Hunter Henry was arguably is the probably the best tight end available. I don't have anything bad to say about this. And we know Bills loved him. They, you know, there's a picture of them <laughs> hugging last year after the game. Making and- out, yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. I was shocked when this came down. Um, this also can get, can put to bed the whole everyone talking about Matt Lacoste. He's gone. Just, no, just get imagine him Ryan bagging Izzo his bags and Izzo. The so they're, yeah, get Ryan they're Izzo. already on a flight home. They're already on a flight. They're cutting their leases short. So, um <laughs> I mean, how can you complain about having Hunter Smith and Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith you just made together in there? <laughs> well, they are. They're going to be one because they're just going to be like at that point. Like I, I, I was even okay with no wide receivers. Like as long as you have these two tight ends, and, like well, average they, receivers. 
This is not so. surprising from the fact that we, because we talked about this and I've, I've talked until I can't talk anymore about how tight end position is a position of value in this league. And the Patriots are not going to spend $20 million on a wide receiver. It's just not going to happen. And not to mention, we saw how they have been capable, whether it was even going back to Watson and Graham and then Gronkowski and Hernandez, like when they were to, when Gronk and Hernandez were, I think they, they ran what two tight end sets, like over 80% of the snaps, and that, yeah, which is what you're going to see. Here, right. Like, yeah. So we weren't surprised that they got two good tight ends. I think we just thought this caliber of both was a little, yeah. so the John New Smith thing probably wasn't surprising because we thought maybe that no. was the top target. Right. But then to get Hunter Henry, it was, was nuts to us, but, I'm I'm loving this. And again, mm-hmm. not surprising they spent this money because again, like so Hunter Henry, three years, 37 and a half million, 25 million guaranteed. He also got less guaranteed money than Johnny Smith, which also surprised me. And like, I don't know what this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, all things considered, somebody else was definitely gonna offer him this same amount of money. What made him and I don't, you know, Hunter Henry said he wanted to go to a team with like a quarterback. Well, you know yeah. what they're going to do, guy. They're going to trade up to get Trevor Lawrence, or they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> no, That's I mean, I, I think they're going to get a quarterback now. Now they have these tight ends. It's the perfect safety valve for a rookie quarterback sure. is to have a tight end. Now you have two of them. So I think maybe we'll see a little. We'll see. Justin and now, Fields. so another one. Now, now the next splash, another one. That, <laughs> this sort of caught me <laughs> off guard, too. Guy's a little bit of a clown, but uh, I think he fits well because he does, he's that type of player you can move around the defense. So Matt Judon, uh, former Baltimore Raven, four years, $56 million, $32 million guaranteed. This is exciting because when you look at, the, by the way, we, we've talked about how the, the defense outside of the defensive line in particular really was the strong point last mm-hmm. year. The secondary is good. And then when you come back now with Hightower returning, like that's a this group. So you have Judon, Josh Uche, Chase Winovich, Dante Hightower is pretty damn good. And I, I, I was shocked whether or not this pans out. You know, is this another Adelius Thomas situation? I, God, I hope not. No, but I'm never going to be mad f- for Bill spending money. No, and again, I. I would caution people because he's not a pure pass rusher. So I know like a lot of people were, you know, Oh, he only gave up. He only had, he only had six sacks or whatever last year, but that's really not what he, you know, what he does. They, that's what they had used him as. And I think that's also why they brought in, you know, in there in Baltimore, which also didn't work out really for them. But I think Judon fits the Patriots well, because he's a guy that you can, you can move around. And like the Patriots never really have relied on a pure pass rusher anyway. So I, I love this, and I think he just fits really, really well in the way that they scheme up defenses. What are your thoughts on Judon? I was I, I actually read this a couple of times to make sure I was like reading it said Patriots and, and it, that they signed him because I'm like, wow. I mean, I've always like this guy's been, I mean, I'm not gonna say elite, but like he's a very good, very good player. He's a pro I mean, bowler. Pro bowler. I mean, his yeah. run he's worked over the last couple of years on the run defense, like he's a pass rusher. Um, this is exactly what they needed. Um, he's, he compliments Hightower well, and it really just changes that dynamic, right? Because it doesn't yeah. put that much pressure on Hightower. 
it's also funny if you if you go to his Instagram, you can see him doing karaoke with his daughter, and he is not good. He's like a he's like a clown. Like a, he's a very I mean, a good clown. He's like well, very, not there was an issue, and I we can talk well, about so yeah. <laughs> with what happened in Baltimore with um, Jameson Hensley, who is a very well respected reporter, works for ESPN in, in, in Baltimore, also works for my father. <laughs> part-time but uh, <laughs> james no jameson is a really good dude stand up you know buttoned up very well respected member of the media and uh, judon treated him like an absolute clown just saying that because he was unhappy with information that had essentially been leaked to hensley and, and judon didn't like it and so uh, it really it came off very poorly he acted like a complete child so i don't I don't think there's other issues with him, but it just showed like it was a really immature moment, I thought, for him. And it soured me a little bit. And also, I think it was a good excuse for the Ravens not to even because a lot of people in Baltimore are upset about it, about mm-hmm. how he, you know, how he handled that. But um, we'll see what happens. And obviously, that's not going to go. That's not going to fly here. So, no. Jalen Mills, defensive Love back. It. So he is, he's had moments on the field that, you know, maybe you can, there's probably mixed reaction there, but uh, as far as like a teammate locker room guy, he's very well respected. He is a good player. I think overall, you know, he's had some ups and downs, but he's very versatile play, play both safety positions, play probably both corner positions essentially as well. Um, This is an interesting signing to me, Jeff, because I'm not quite sure as of today where he fits. And because to me, there's a couple of things. One is like Pat Chung is allegedly back, but like, is that a guy that's cut? Is he, is he guys traded? You know what? I know Bill likes him, but he's got mileage and they played okay without him. The other is obviously yeah. JC Jackson's future, you know, playing on a, a, a tent or restricted free agent tender. And then obviously mm-hmm. the Stefan Gilmore situation where coming off the injury, I think made things a little bit murky. I think if he was, if he hadn't been hurt at the end of last year, he may have been traded all, you know, already still could be traded. I don't know if that hurts his value or not. It really depends, but also, you know, I think right. He'll be on the field regardless. Oh, yeah. you know, even if it's like, because I, I still think he's improvement over, over Jason McCordy. So, you know, you know, Bill likes to yeah. use, and then Bill likes to use three safeties anyway. So, yeah. What did you think of this one? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I mean, you look at his breakdown of the plays he's played. I mean, he plays like slot. He plays, you know, everything safety. I mean, he's in the box corner, like that Adrian Phillips role that was last year. I mean, this dude can really do anything. Um, I, I heard some absurdity, absurdity today is the reason they signed him is so that they can trade for Deshaun Watson, including Stephen Gilmore. <laughs> Which made me laugh, but like I just don't understand dream. why. Why would he want <laughs> Stephon Gilmore? To me, like I don't know, man. Why do you want an injured like player like that makes money? That's what I'm saying. Like this isn't a replace Gilmore. It could it's, be J C Jackson. J C Jackson probably has better value to especially a team oh, yeah. like that than than Gilmore does. But because Gilmore is going to want to get paid. He's not going to take that seven million dollars to get paid this year. Texans are in salary cap jail. That's tr- right. They'd have to then turn around and trade him again. Exactly. Yeah. So, but so, yeah, I mean, I like the sign. I mean, he, he's like four years, kind of like a gadget guy. Four years, twenty-four million, but only nine. That's short money. Guaranteed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's small change. You can do anything. Um, so I, I liked it. Wide receivers, 
First one, Nelson Aguilar, who we have mentioned actually on, on the program as a potential mm-hmm. option, had his best year ever. Yep. Uh, his yards per catch is insane, Jeff. 18.7. last year. You end up with 896 yards, eight touchdowns. The, the dude has wheels. Uh, obviously, his situation is, is the hands. Um, I think he had four drops last year. It can be a problem at times, but overall, very strong last year. He was not good in Philadelphia the year before, but he was good the year prior to that. So mm-hmm. obviously coming off his best year, they gave him two years, 26 million, but that I don't have the specifics, but again, it's not, it's really not, it's really not that. So um, I like this. They all, we've talked about like offense, offensive speed has been an issue with this team. And I think this mm-hmm. clearly checks that box off as long as they can throw the ball to him downfield. Oh, I wouldn't they be able to do that, Brad. No, I mean, <laughs> I can talk about it today. We'll wait till Dan brings it up on Saturday because I know you're going to hear this, Dan. Um, I loved it. I mean, I feel like this, like it's again, two. This is this is basically zero dollars. This is no money. Like not a small. And this is, I feel like this is the role. Like this should, is going to be like Philip Dorsett, what he should have been here, like the guy that can Correct. just like take the top off the defense. And that's what he did. Just huck it, chuck it. Like not, he's not Randy Moss for everyone, but like that time where you can just throw it up there and he's just going to catch. He it. can so, play inside too, so he is fairly yeah. versatile. In that regard, I think that's probably I love why they, this. Why eighteen point like seven a catch? That's like more yards than than we threw for last year, or any receiver way, this, caught for last we're year. We're not talking about a small sample size. He had eight hundred ninety six receiving yards. So no, and he's like six foot. I mean, he's got, got pretty good. Yeah, size, that's the other thing. He's not speed. like he's not like John Brown. He's not like a midget that just runs. No, fast. I mean like, he can <laughs> he can take some lumps. Like you've seen him take some hits and get back up. So and again, it's short money and you know, good good, saw, good signing. I saw him playing college too. You remember, oh, yeah. uh, remember uh, BC beat USC at the uh, Red Bandana That's, game? Yeah. Yes. Uh, another wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne. This one Love just it. screams Patriot, by the way. Yeah. Um, three years, 22 and a half, but I think he's getting even less than Aguilar. The, it's very incentive-based uh, from my understanding here. This is a guy, very interesting guy because here's another. This is, a, I believe, he's undrafted, right? Yeah, I believe so. Has worked very hard into the he. And this was a pretty good receiver group, by the way, in San Francisco. And he still managed 49 catches, 667 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. So um, certainly I would say that's impressive, you know, given that, you know, what they were working with there. They have, a, you know, he's like the fourth option there, right? Mm-hmm. Between what they have, Ayuk, uh, Samuel, Kittle. Uh, so he's at least a fourth option there. And he still managed to have a pretty good year. Another guy that he's so he's interesting because. Not a burner, but he compliments Aguilar well because he's extremely quick in you know small spaces. Yeah, this is I know again this is a little bit nerdy, but like the three cone drill, it's excellent. And I remember that was something that Bill has been impressed with. So remember Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, again, I understand he's a tight end, but he's probably the most. It reminds me of that. Because it's that you know that quick twitch like short type speed right. again not a guy that's going to take the top off the defense but that's why I think he complements Aguilar very well. Any thoughts on Bourne? Oh, I loved it. So I love watching Bourne play because he's got that like. It, so he only ran like a four six 
you know, he's not not the fastest guy in the world, but it's like you said that twitch because like once he twitches and he he's six one, he's one nine, he's a bigger dude. So he sheds that tackle like see you later. Like he can he has enough like acceleration kind of agility yeah, to take it exactly. to the house. Like you just got to break that one tackle. Um, I mean, he's been in the league for four years. This will be his fifth year. I mean, he's averaged over uh, eleven or higher yards per catch. So I mean, his yards per catch are. He's a good. chain move. He's like a chain mover. Yeah, he's. I've loved watching him play. Um, I just love that, like, kind of you know that 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 shimmy off a cornerback, and then the dude just takes the, like. You can see how he runs. Like it's not. He's not worried about getting hurt. Like he he he, he tries to hurt people. As, yeah. yeah like- he puts his shoulder down though at the end, like he's trying to go through the people. Like, so I loved it. And again, just like Aguilar, this is nothing. Three years, like, yeah, people sh- are saying like they're overpaying, and, and maybe to an extent because you, but you needed to make sure you secured these players because Bingo. you did. Let's be honest, you did need them more than anyone else. But also, when you look at the real money and the way it's constructed, it really isn't. He's making like seven dollars. Yeah, like, it's not bad. And again, <laughs> it's not affecting your salary cap the way you would think when you look at the amount of money they've spent in two days here. These are two perfect. If you're not going to go over the uh, after like the, the big guys or like you know these these are the two perfect players on top of Hunter Henry and and, and um, Smith. Like these yep. are perfect tandem. Plus, you still maybe Edelman comes back. You got Jacoby Myers. I don't think you have Julian Edelman. I think he is headed to be retired list, but um, who knows? You know, it, dep- it really it's too. dependent on the knee, and certainly there. If if he's healthy, there's certainly a spot. I think you know for Edelman. Still oh, obviously, but if he's not like they're they're getting these kind of like they they got Aguilar. They're getting players for the inevitable of like Edelman because they can't have just Jacoby Myers out there. Oh no! So doubt. they've definitely fixed that. The next two players are something we've discussed at length, Jeff. And we talked about how poor the run defense was. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was the gaping problem on, on defense. No doubt. Oh, for, so, sure, for sure. First player, uh, Devon Godshow, nose tackle from the Dolphins. Two years, $16 million, But again, we don't know the specific. There, there's figures out there we don't know right now. Now, the thing with him is that he did not play much last year. He had uh, played about five games. I think it was uh, because he had a biceps injury before that. The guy had 75 tackles in 2019 as a nose tackle. Do you have like, I'm trying to tell you like how absurd that number is for a nose tackle. The guy is just swallowing everything up in the line of scrimmage. It's nuts. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if my, he fell out of favor in Miami because of his injury or, or whatever. I know Miami, I think was certainly trying to upgrade the offense, you know, with some of their money, but this makes so much sense. Uh, he went to LSU and I, again, I think this is a situation. If he's healthy, I think this is a big deal. What do you make of this? Oh, this is, yeah. I mean, last year, I'm not even going to count last year. He didn't play many games, but like, this is exactly what they need. Like, I mean, he's not the, he's not Vince Wilfork, but he's the guy that's going to clog it. He makes the tackle. I mean, 72 tackles. I mean, the two years before that, he made 40. So, like, not like this. I mean, 72 is kind of the anomaly at this point, but like, it's not like this guy's some slouch making like 10 tackles a year. Like, he's not like he's, he has like three sacks, I think. So, he's not going to, he's not going to hit the quarterback very often. But, um, you know, you want someone to plug the line. This is a perfect, perfect signing. People got to, again, relax about the money. 
and don't look, oh, oh, he only had 16 tackles last year. It's like people don't look at this facts. Like, go look at his stats. Go find me another defensive tackle over the last couple of years, besides like Donald and all them that are putting up numbers like that. Like for $16 million over two years, like I'd say it's probably a steal. To be honest, I think he probably could have gotten more somewhere. Perhaps. And which brings us to our next, the next player who is a very interesting situation. And this one, this is certainly not a surprise at all. So former Jet Henry Anderson, this is listed at two years, $7 million. This is a guy that has had some large uh, or had a large contract. He was actually just released by the Jets. I think it was two weeks ago. It was early March. So this is an interesting one for a couple. So first of all, he's one of the best run defenders in the league but he typically plays defensive end. So he's a big, he's at three, four end kind of like mm-hmm. the size of like a Richard Seymour. So he's like that six, six, like 300 pounds. So not like, again, I think that this is a compliment, I think to God show. And especially in, in your packages, like goal line packages or blatant, you know, running plays when these two will be playing, you know, side by side, this is a very interesting situation because by the way, Henry Anderson, recorded the third highest run stuff percentage among defensive players with at least 500 snaps. That is according to NFL's next gen stats. Uh, That's a big deal. And so this is a thing like the jets were clearing some space to kind of restarting. He had, he had a nine and a half million cap charge. That's why he was released. That's why he was gone. Yeah. So they saved uh, 8.2. So his dead cap was only 1.3. That's why that happened. And so this is another person that helps immediately. And again, the, the Jets also have a pretty good defensive line, you know, anyway. So the, it was, he was expendable. So I don't want people to think like, oh, he couldn't even make it with the Jet. That's not the case. So uh, between the two of these guys, like this is, this is a totally revamped defensive front. Unfortunately, I don't know what this means for Lawrence guy, who we both like, and I don't know if it's possible to keep him in the mix, but certainly there's plenty of room for all of these guys because you know, you know how all these guys are in a rotation everywhere now. Like nobody just runs out like, you know, three guys that play the whole time. It's not remotely the case. So um, what do you think about Anderson? Oh, I love Anderson. So he's that big body. I mean, again, like you just alluded to like people just stop talking about the money portion of it, like, or not the money portion of it, but like, Oh, he can't make the jets kind of thing. It's like, stop talking. It just, aggravating um he was just a salary cap casualty there's plenty of them out there um so i think this will be good because i mean i think they're doing a very good job um which i know is hard especially with, with the cap but like they're they're solidifying their defense as well as adding to their offense so, i mean I, I feel like they're doing bill's doing a great job of both but i mean if everything works out right and hightower comes back how he is not you know all these players these like um return how they should, like high tower return all them. Like this defense is gonna be pretty good next year. I think it's gonna be better than people think. Um, I mean, so. th- this should be a top five defense in the league. As oh, no doubt. Market. Absolutely. No doubt. Uh, one thing too, uh, Henry Anderson is fairly versatile too, but back in 2018 he did have seven sacks. So whereas I think you know God show is obviously not really going to get you many sacks. He, he's going to eat up some, some running backs at the line. And obviously there's stuff to run, but Henry Anderson does have a little bit of flexibility. Um, and so th- you may get some production in, in that regard as well. So 
uh, overall, Jeff, very, I think we're both very pleased with the way things have moved. And depending on who you ask, it doesn't sound like they're done yet either. And then obviously the draft is also approaching to help uh, replenish some positions as well. So yep. very exciting. And I think a lot of people owe Bill Belichick an apology. So. Yep, I do. Sorry, Bill. I couldn't have. I literally, if you would have gotten, I would say probably two of these people on this list, I would have been okay because, like, at least yeah. I, that, that shows Bill's trying. But if you got John Don and maybe Smith, I'd be like, okay, he's trying. He had a piece of offense up, hit piece of defense. But like, yeah, I felt like every like hour, hour, hour Bill's and a half, pissed. I was getting a text from you with a tweet. <laughs> like there was one. Th- I think. I was so used to it. You sent me that Corey Davis one. I'm like, get that shit out of here. Don't. So I'm like, oh, Brad texts me. It's got to be breaking news. I'm like, oh, Corey Davis said, just get that. I'm like, I just said no. I'm like, get that out of my. But um, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, they talked to Leonard Fournette today. I've heard they've been whispering about that. Um, yeah, there's, okay so there's a potential. If, James White may be departing, and you know, certainly he's from he's from Florida, so it's understandable if he were to go, whether it's Tampa or even Miami, if he wanted to be around. His family, especially, you know, after his, the, he had a very difficult year personally. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I would not fault him for leaving. Um, and I understand, I, I don't, I still don't think, you know, I, obviously they have money, but like, and I like Leonard Fournette and we had a lot of heavy praise for him as to, you know, what he was able to bring to the Bucks because not only does, is he a downhill runner, he's very good in the passing game and could, mm-hmm. uh, could be a replacement, but I, I just, I don't see them spending the money on that position, especially when no. you still have, we have Damian Harris, who was excellent, and Sony Michelle did look pretty good at the end of the year as well. Now, understandably, you you can't trust a lot of you know what's left here. Mm-mm. So you know, like Burkhead is obviously a problem. I think Bolden's a free agent, and like obviously not giving you much on offense. And again, like, can you trust Sony Michelle? So I understand maybe if they're looking at Fournette or even you know Jamal Williams or somebody like that, but. One player that I brought up that I thought maybe Tampa would be interested in was Duke Johnson, who I think is ultimately one of the best receiving backs in the entire league. And uh, there are certainly some things to look at, but I think that's one thing to kind of keep your eye on is, is James White. And then if he does leave, you know, where, what is that position filled with? Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. I mean, I'd like to see maybe a little bit of quarterback news, but overall, like, at this point, see, I'm usually I usually hate the whispers from Bill because it's like all these whispers, all these players, and we get nobody. But like he has done, this is the probably the busiest offseason he's ever had as a coach here. So like you can whisper away, and we get none of these players. Like I'm good, I'm satisfied. You you've you've made the effort. I believe this time. So sure, um, yeah, whisper away. But I don't I don't care if they do anything else. Quarterback would be nice, but there's always a draft. So. Any final notes, Jeff? No. Oh, Major League Rugby starts this week. So everyone, free jacks versus the LA Guiltinis on Saturday, 8 o'clock. There you go, folks. Check it out. It's They have – Jeff and I didn't examine the uh, the TV schedule, and uh, all of the teams do have uh, media contracts. I know here we looked. I think uh, Nesson has some, and I don't remember where the other – I remember it? that. I forgot. But there are these uh, – check out – uh, the free Jack's website it should have the TV schedule, but they do have uh, a broadcast partner. So you will yep. be able to, to watch these games. I, I think Nesson or Nesson plus, and then there Nesson is, a, plus, I, believe I believe there is one other uh, television partner as well. Yep, um, and I lied at six 30, not eight o'clock. Okay. Six 30 Eastern Saturday, live sports Saturday with Brad and Jeff. 
Saturday, 8 p.m. to about 9.30. Last week, we had a great time talking to some Patriots, and obviously there's plenty of content. So I have a feeling both this week and maybe until the draft is going to be heavy football content, but yeah. we're always happy to listen to listen to you guys and talk about whatever sports topic you want to. It's always a good time. We love having you bring your questions and comments. Thank you all as usual. Appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for being with me as usual, Jeff. See ya. Wouldn't you like to get away?